Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Bruce Springsteen, the boss, has uh, gone on sale and has done this morning, the 5th, 7th and 9th of May. And it's very interesting because I'm joined in the studio by Claire, just quickly, because this is a bit like a lot of the other gigs in the past. I saw it happen with Westlife, people on their phones, people on phones, tablets and laptops, all sorts of different machines going, trying to get tickets. Bring us up today because I know you've been trying all morning. How's it going? So basically, I, I haven't gotten tickets before like this where you have to join a, a queue and stuff like that. But I the tickets went on sale at 8 o'clock this morning and I there was a countdown on the Ticketmaster website. I was refreshing it, refreshing it. Then it asked me to join the queue. So I hopped in and there was over 46,000 people ahead of me. Uh, for which gig? Either <laughs> um, one, anyone? So I went for the first one, which is on the 5th. Um, and as it turned out, eventually when I got to the top of the queue, so it, it, the, the how quickly did it take to move? Uh, the number was going down slowly but surely. You could see how many people were were ahead of you the whole time. So it was like decreasing, decreasing, decreasing. And I got the opportunity to get tickets at about quarter to nine. So right. it was about forty five minutes you moved of waiting. Quick enough, then. I didn't think it was that bad actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when you got to the top and were offered tickets. The first gig sold out. It wasn't available for me. Now it does. I haven't seen anything to say that it sold out, but it said there were no tickets available for that that first one on the fifth. So I got offered tickets for the seventh, which okay. is Sunday night. Yeah. Um. So yeah, picked my two tickets, went through, and the total for a general admission, uh, which I'm is including the service charge, is two hundred and seventy six euro and thirty cents. Well, how much is that per ticket? Uh, so it said one hundred and thirty one per ticket, ticket one and ticket. then one, one ticket. ticket, one ticket. So I got two. And why, then why are they? Why are they so dear? Like uh, Bruce's gigs are renowned for him just playing nonstop for about three hours. Tell me about it. I was stuck in one. Nearly <laughs> lost my life. <laughs> my God. So, like, he doesn't have any sport act or anything like that. He does the encores. He plays Hell for Leather and he goes for it. So, I think he's really well known for that, for going past the curfews, so paying the charges. So, for super long gigs. I guess so, yeah. That's just <laughs> it, yeah. But his lineup is amazing. So, you know, it's. I hope it's worth it anyway. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be well worth okay, it. Okay, so you will... You will Go and have now to get a hotel. Yeah. So Good luck with that. <laughs> that's kind of the worrying part, yeah. uh, to be honest, because the tickets are, are one thing, but God knows what I'm going to be paying oh, for hotel. Multiples yeah. of the Springsteen. I hear tell that, you know, even over the past few days ahead of the ticket release, hotel prices just went through the roof. Oh, the I might come back to you on that one. So. Is there going to be, so that's the fifth, seventh, is there going to be a third? So a third one was announced by Aiken at about 10 to 9 this morning, up on their Twitter, they announced a third date for the ninth. So okay. that okay. could be the Tuesday. Um, Five, seven, yeah. and nine. Yeah, he's a break in between them. Then. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and there's na- there's near a mention of a cork gig or a, there was rumours of a cork gig. I think it was last year or something like that, maybe in Porky Cueve. And lo- I, I know a few people were saying that about these tickets for Dublin. They were like, "Oh, will we hold out? See if he comes to Cork?" But you can't really take that risk. So what are we going to do? You're going to go off now and see if you can get yourself a hotel room. Yeah, that's the next step now. Okay. okay. Uh, Come back to me on that. I will. And I allowed you to choose, and I gave it as a little sneak preview earlier on, yeah. your own Springsteen song. You've gone for Hungry Heart. Yeah, it's a good one. Come back to me with the hotels. You see if I wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> I will. Yeah! Yeah! Big-
biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show is on Cork's Red FM. You betcha. Uh, talking about hungry hearts is broken hearts, of course, particularly in Texas, particularly the uh, families of all of those children and indeed uh, a couple of um, teachers as well who died in the mass shooting. The papers this morning are reporting that... Uh, uh, husband of one of the two teachers who was actually murdered and killed has also died of a broken heart. Um, uh, heart attack passed away yesterday. It's just so, so tragic. Here on Lee's side, a story that we had on air yesterday morning uh, makes the front of the Echo. In fact, they speak with some of the staff uh, inside in the CUH where waiting lists within the emergency department are an absolute disgrace. My words, actually, not... Not the echoes, but we do know from Sinn Féin's revelations yesterday that in CUH, the waiting time is nearly 29 hours and 27 hours almost in the mercy. And it's even longer than if you are an over 75-year-old. And if it's down to staff, then an interesting story in the Times this morning where they speak with Dr. Louise Curtis, originally from Mallow, talking about the amount of skilled visas granted to Irish doctors in, say, the past six to nine months in different countries around the world. And the Times holds in, hones in particularly on Australia. And you're looking at hundreds of doctor visas for Irish doctors to go and live, work and practice in Australia. Better staffing, better working conditions, they say. Um, You know, just a better quality of life. No antagonism there. The culture is quite nice to work in the likes of, say, Adelaide or Perth or Sydney and places like that. So it's very depressing uh, that many have to leave Ireland because they want a better life, better work and better conditions than here. Having trained here, actually, and probably always thought that they would be doctoring here as well. So big numbers in that regards, making the papers today, uh, looking at some of the stats, 531 Irish doctors were resident in Australia during the period December 31st, 2021 and March just gone. 531 of them. What can you do? There's one other uh, medical related story makes the examiner today. This is to do with the CUH. You know, brain injuries, most of them, an awful lot of them actually have to do with just over 51% of them have to do with some sort of a fall. And when you look at the amount of people who suffer brain injuries from falls, 40% of them of those falls involved alcohol. The other story, of course, is we have our first case of monkey pox in this country. I, 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 would, be, I would be very wary of the amount of coverage on, on monkey pox because people will get stressed and anxious about it. But I think, you know, it was inevitable that one was about to arrive. But, you know, I think it's nothing to worry about, really, to be honest with you. We had enough worry and grief and stress over the likes of of COVID and what have you. But the papers do talk today about the worry and the stress that people might have as they go about trying to find a parking space. Not so much of a problem with regards to Cork City Council, who uh, recently spent 1.6 million for 75 rooftop car spaces in the city. At the same time, they took away 350 on-street parking spaces from the public. I mean... Try and put that into perspective. We'll take away 350 on-street parking spaces from members of the public, but we'll buy up uh, 75 rooftop spaces uh, for city council staff. Make of that what you will. And talking about driving, Cork Bio this morning are reporting... <laughs> it's an incredible story. It really is. Gardy apparently were doing a, a checkpoint above in North Cork yesterday, right? And they had to do a double take. When this driver rolls up in a Jeep, uh, apparently, I think I got the car here. It's a black Kia Sportage Jeep. Stopped near Fromoy. Pulls up, rolls down the window uh, and starts chatting with the guard of Shikona. And they discover that the tax on it is out of date by three years, seven months 
and 24 days. Um, the vehicle was seized on the spot, according to the Gardaí, and is unlikely to be seen on open roads again anytime soon, but they will give it back to the owner of the motorist when the towing fees and all of the outstanding tax is paid. You want to be brazen now, wouldn't you? Or else very forgetful. I don't know what reason could be given at a checkpoint as to why your car is three years, seven months and 24 days uh, out of tax. Meanwhile, of course, things go uh, from bad to worse here with regards to prices of things. Tourists, and I was telling you this um, over the past few weeks, we did a deep dive into car rental prices a few weeks back and people wouldn't believe me. But but they're believing me now, the prices, whether it's Cork or Dublin. Like, you will pay uh, €2,806 to uh, Avis. Um, for um, a car rental and that could be for a week or or 10 days. Um, The prices also show increases from Hertz uh, and lots of other um, um, they they say a lot of it has to do ultimately with the fact that they don't have as many cars around. I wonder about those kind of things though. Meanwhile of course when you talk about the cost of things um, I bet you if you were to take a look at hotel prices across June and July and August you would be absolutely shocked which is very unfair really seeing as hotels got a really big bailout from the state uh, during COVID for a couple of years and they had lots of different charges waived and they got pandemic payments and they got company payments to keep them afloat and this is how they were paying us. But meanwhile, if you were to jump on a plane now, unfortunately it would be out of Dublin, but if you were to jump on a plane, say for instance on the 6th of June and head over to Agadir in Morocco for seven nights, this would be flights and accommodation. 219 euro per person. I mean, you would not get a hotel room in Ireland for a night and probably wouldn't even get breakfast for 219 euro on average. But you will get seven nights in Agadir in Morocco for 219 flights and accommodation. If you don't believe me, check it out yourself on Sunway. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of them out of... uh, not, not a lot out of Cork, but an awful lot out of Dublin. Um, in other news, a lot of musical news. ABBA kind of reunited last night in the ABBA Arena in East London. Uh, you know, we have the word avatar. Well, they've adapted that now to avatars because there is a show um, that features the four pop idols from ABBA. Not themselves, but their avatars, a digital version of them on the stage. And people absolutely love it. But what they did see last night was the four members of ABBA all together again. I don't know when was the last time they actually gathered again, but they had a big bash, and they're on their 70s now. Looked pretty sharp, actually, in fairness to them. And they were there, reunited, and also united with their digital versions of themselves. So it's kind of weird, isn't it? Sadly, um, I have to report the death of Andy Fletcher this morning, who has died at the age of 60. That's the Depeche Mode keyboard, the man behind that, 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 that. And so on and so forth. Very sad news, and we'll give that a spin a little later on this morning. And one of the greatest gangster movies of all time, and I think I'm not open to correction on that, would have to be Goodfellas. And uh, the death has been announced of Ray Liotta, who featured in that. I think it actually was his claim to fame. You know, I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. He died at the age of 67. Remember, he played the part of Henry Hill. And apparently... The film, indeed, and Henry Hill, the character, is based on a real-life mafiosa. Um, and uh, it, in, the, in, the, in the movie, uh, Liotta plays Henry Hill, um, a kind of a small-time hoodlum who rises through the ranks and then ultimately testified against all of his fellow gangsters and a lot of them ended up going to jail. What a film. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. 
You know, we always called each other good fellas. Like you say to somebody, you're gonna like this guy, he's all right. He's a good fella, he's one of us. You understand? Oh, God. We were good fellas, wise guys. I just want... I want to watch it again and again and again. Oh, I'm going to watch it this weekend. I don't know whether I'll have a cup of tea. I don't know whether I'll have fruit juice, coffee, fizzy pop, herbal tea, water, fizzy water. The reason I mention this, apparently, this has got to be clickbait, these kind of stories, that they can tell how funny you are by what you drink. Wouldn't you think the funniest person would be the person who had a couple of pints? Mind you, you have too much to think you're funny. You're not funny at all. But they're saying, apparently... That the funniest person is the person who's a tea drinker with milk. How the hell? What if, and they say the least funniest person is a person who drinks sparkling water. I mean, what if you're a person that drinks tea and sparkling water? I guess you've got a split personality then. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Let me just jump in on a story I started with earlier on this morning, and that, of course, is the weather. You need to be rolling out the barbecues. You need to be putting the cushions on the garden furniture. You need to get the grass cut because you need to be out there for the next three days. Alan O'Reilly is with Carlo Weather, and he's been waiting patiently for me. Alan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, it's arrived for a few days anyway, am I right? Yep. Make, a, make the most of it, Neil. Make the most of it. How long will it last? Until uh, about Sunday. Um, unfortunately uh, well I suppose let's look at the bright side it's going to get up to 20 21 degrees um, down in the south today lots of sunshine you already should have plenty of it down we there. do thank and you we have the blue skies and the sunshine already yeah now there will be a little bit of cloud um, through the afternoon but lots of sunny spells temperatures getting up to 19 degrees widely but could could get up to uh, 20 21 degrees even uh, will be cool tonight. So if you're if you're camping out or anything, it will actually be quite cool under those clear skies. But Saturday tomorrow is another absolutely lovely day. Lots of sunshine. Temperatures eighteen or nineteen. Um, a little bit cooler now on the coast because the winds will go a little bit around to the east. So if you're heading to the seaside, just just maybe a little bit cooler there. But lots of blue skies. Lots of sunshine. Again, another cool night on Saturday night. So just bear that in mind if you're out camping or whatever. And then Sunday, it's going to be another nice day. There'll be some more cloud around. Um, and it won't be as warm. But it should still up. Cork actually will probably be one of the warmer spots on Sunday. Still 17, 18 degrees because it will get a northeasterly wind. And if you're in Donegal, you might only be getting 12 or 13 degrees. But down south, you're certainly going to see the best of that. Sounds the to me as if Corkonians should stay put across the weekend then in their own county. Unless they're heading to the fine Carlo O'Neill, I'd agree. <laughs> and even Monday doesn't look too shabby, to be honest, Alan. No, I, especially down south, I think might escape a lot of the showers. Um, and, and even Monday early, there'll be some sunshine and temperatures won't be too bad. But it will, it does, it, now, it does look like it's going to turn cooler and more unsettled um, from kind of Monday, Tuesday. But there's huge uncertainty beyond that. Yeah. There is a risk of some, some low-pressure systems coming up and bringing kind of some heavier rain, but it might just stay away as well. So I think a lot of people were looking at weather forecasts a few days ago and looking at next week and going, oh, this is going to be a great week, and now it's gone the other way. Yeah. Whereas the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So 
cooler, but some sunny spells and some showers is probably the most likely. So what we can rely on is today, tomorrow and Sunday and a little bit of Monday. But after that, who knows? I mean, it's, it, it makes no sense at all to try and predict what the summer is going to be like. Sure, it doesn't make any sense. No, no. But again, a lot of people are, are saying, is this our summer? Well, the 1st of June is the start of the meteorological season of summer. So we have June, July and August and we have our two warmest months, July and August to come. So maybe maybe just a little bit more patience. I, I, I do tell people that it is going to get better and they also tell me Christmas is coming. So I suppose it depends maybe. But I, I, I listen to you. I drink sparkling water, not tea. So maybe I should stick to the weather and not the comedy bit. <laughs> what you, are you a sparkling water drinker, is it? I am, and I don't drink any tea or coffee. So I'm obviously not as funny as well, I think. Well, I, I drink tea, I drink coffee, I drink sparkling water, I drink fruit juices. So I don't know what the hell my personality is like. Or, I mean, I don't even know whether whether people find me funny or not, but I'm a sparkling water drinker. How do you think they make up this daft research? I don't know. A paper never refused ink. I think it's probably the answer. <laughs> That's a good Carlo answer, in fairness to you. Anyway, listen, uh, so it's a time for the sunscreen then for the next few days. Yeah, UV levels will be high, so I suppose that is the more serious point. And even if you're at the maybe at the coast and it feels cooler, that sun, it's, it's UV up to six or seven, it's still strong enough to, to burn you. So don't be those Irish people that get two days of sunshine and then spend the next three days going around looking like red berries. Um, do, do put on the sun cream. Fair play. It's great to be talking about good weather. Thanks so much, Alan. Have a great weekend. Thanks for taking the call. Cheers. Cheers. Not the beginning of the summer anytime soon, but we do take it because it's going to be three days of it and who knows what June, July and August will be. Uh, text 0868104106. Cork Airport did a Twitter poll recently asking people uh, to give them uh, ideas as to where they'd like more destinations out of Cork Airport. Interesting response to that. Uh, I, I was kind of a bit confused because I thought that there was um, a flight to Krakow in Poland I thought that there was a flight to Warsaw in Poland but here are the places that people wanted to see extra flights go to our new routes those two in Poland Rome, Prague, Madrid Copenhagen, Vienna Santiago de Compostela in Spain, Athens in Greece and Santorini in Greece as well, they were the big ones but why would you bother thinking about those over the next three days because it's just heavenly here This is the Neil Prenderville Show Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106 Cork's Red FM And it's a free food Friday today your opportunity to win lunch for you and up to 15 of your workmates courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park so I need you to text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 and 15 or so of you, maybe even more, because as I always say, Roosters Piri Piri are very generous with the portions they send out uh, to our winners every week. So text who you are and where you are to 086 106 and we'll start the shout outs a little later on this morning, and I'll tell you exactly what will be delivered by virtue of starters, mains, and uh, desserts. Okay, so text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Just with regards to the Cork Bureau story on the tax up in North Cork that was out for a long, long time. Luigi and Yaw got in touch with me. He says, hi, see this driver. This person has no NCT since 2018. Um, and he also claims that the four wheels or the tyres are bald. He says, I did ring the guards a few weeks ago, but nothing's been done. Any suggestions? And he sent a photograph then of the uh, windscreen of the car involved. And what's very interesting about this is that the insurance is in date. The tax is in date. Well, up until the end of May anyway. It's in date. It's in date. But the NCT disc is out of date since 2018, which is a bit bizarre. Do you know what I've come across in the past? People who don't put the disc at the front 
they might have a new disc or a new little cert and they put it at the back. Uh, I, I noticed that actually with a, a family member recently I was passing their car and I said, like, oh my God, NCT's out of date. And I went in and checked that the actual little glove where they hold the little certs and it was in the wrong place. So I wonder is it that the NCT disc um, is behind the out of date one? I mean, why else would you? Uh, like you'd have tax and you'd have insurance, but an NCT since 2000 and and 18. Anyway, he's asking, what, what should he do? Well, you said you called the guardie. I can't think that you can do any more than that, um, apart from calling the guards. And there are even people listening to me who would say, actually, it's none of any of our business. Just don't do anything at all. Just mind your own business. I'm not suggesting, Luigi, that you should mind your own business. You've done what you tried to do and called the guards 2018. Um, listen, um, you know the pandemic payment that we were mentioning over the past couple of days to CUH staff who were promised a pandemic payment of €1,000 and haven't got it. Lots around the country have got theirs, but not here on Leaside. And they asked me to get in touch to see if we get a response as to why. Well, um, the HSE for this region have come back through their press office and give me a very, very short response. They say, the process has commenced and eligible staff will receive the pandemic payment in the coming weeks. So unfortunately, for you guys who are asking me to get involved, that's a fairly vague response. But the coming weeks are the coming weeks. So what would you regard as being the coming weeks? Two to three weeks, Max? So my apologies that I couldn't get any further information than that for you. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'll be coming back a little later on uh, to our beautiful city. Uh, we got a really good Vox that Seamus did on the streets of Cork yesterday. So all that and lots more to come. But something that I mentioned earlier in the week, right, had to do with uh, bariatric surgery of different forms. Remember I was chatting about gastric banding, gastric sleeves, and of course we heard... Um, in the in the recent weeks of yet another death from somebody who did get uh, work done in Turkey. That story was an Irish woman who died after travelling to Turkey for a medical procedure uh, from the southeast, uh, and she was brought home then with the help of the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust, and her funeral service took place um, uh, only, I think, in the last week or two. Um, and then, of course, we also heard of a taxi driver from County Louth who died after flying to Turkey for a dental procedure. And I mentioned at one stage during the week that an awful lot of companies in Turkey and countries like that are doing serious advertising online um, on different forms, the likes of your Instagram and and things like that, and perhaps on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, There are even open days in hotels now. And one of the points that interested me is that influencers and bloggers, uh, I'm told, are being hired, and I assume being paid by the clinics and the surgery clinics overseas uh, to do some of the sharing and the advertising and the endorsing for them. Um, And actually, Mary Jane sent me some copies of some of the adverts from different uh, Instagrammers. One of them is quite interesting. It's an event in Dublin where everybody can go along to a hotel uh, where they can meet the the team. Um, They're called Coffee Talks. Uh, and they tell you all about the obesity surgeries, the plastic surgeries, the dental treatments and the eye surgeries and whatever you want. And others then show all of the prices. Gastric sleeve um, in a Turkish uh, hospital called uh, International Hospitals, they call it, 2,500 euro all-inclusive package with a special 20% discount. This is an Izmir in Turkey, 2,500 euro. Other ones somewhat dearer, a tummy tuck operation, 3,500 euro. And emboldened on the top of it is last chance at this price. I mean, 
five-star hotel accommodation, VIP transfers, pre-op and post-op, all the necessary tests, medication, um, even gift services, apparently. Last chance at three and a half grand. Another one, gastric sleeve, 3,200 euro. Last chance at this price. And again, five-star accommodation, VIP transfers. They even set, show photographs then of uh, before and afters and, and things like that. So it is big, big business. Meanwhile, Sharon O'Mahony um, got a gastric, gastric bypass done in 2020, but got it done here, actually. Uh, so I want to chat with her first. Sharon, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. When you look How at what you? when you look at what you paid, which I think was pretty much change out of twenty grand, was it, Sharon? Yeah, it was nineteen thousand. Was nineteen thousand. Okay. Yeah. When you hear those prices that I've just read out, two thousand five hundred, three thousand two hundred, three thousand five hundred, five star accommodation, flights, yeah. VIP transfers. How does it make you feel? I kind of sat here with my mouth open, my my jaw dropped. Um, like I like I'm not a very good one to talk about cosmetic surgery or bariatric surgery abroad because I have no zilch nero experience of it, mm. and I do have my own Instagram page, The Life of Mrs O, and a lot of people reach out to me who've gone abroad, mm. and I would be upfront with them. So sorry, guys, have no experience. I can only go by what my own experience and what my bariatric team here have told me and I would pass on what they would tell me. You would know, you mind like passing on what they did say to you? Those within, this is the CUH setting, is it? No, it's the bonds. The, the bonds. bonds. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. 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 Well, my my bariatric surgeon is Dr. Colm O'Boyle, an amazing man, straight talker, no crap about him, like, you mm. know, he doesn't hold your hand. Mm. Um, just basically when I went in, he said, okay, what brought you to me? I explained it was a client of mine that I had seen. That I never knew about bariatric surgery, being honest with you. Mm. Uh, just I was struggling so much. This client told me I'd seen her in six months, but she had got the surgery in the bonds. So then I went um, doing my research, made the appointment to see him, sat across the desk for him and laid out my whole history. Now, what I found very interesting, what Colm said to me, he said, look, Sharon, it's not all about what you eat and drink and put into your body. It's hormone related, it's genetics, it's stress, you know, so tell me your whole history. I went through it all with him. And he said, okay. Um, he went through my medical history. I Did you tell him that you'd been surgery. dieting for years on and off, that you'd lose ah, it and yeah. gain it, lose it and gain it, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're like complete yo-yo uh, dieter in and out of all. I mean, I'm well known around all the, the circuits and, you know, in Cork City. Done it all, yeah. So, done, yeah. It, done it so all. So you you were just under 18 stone um, and was having, you were even having difficulty going up and down stairs, particularly upstairs. I couldn't, I couldn't even go up and down the stairs. I was halfway up and I'd have to stop. And I work in cash and carry kitchens and we have a showroom and I'd be walking around the showroom and I'd have to stop and explain to clients I've bad asthma, I have to catch my breath. But in fact, it was I was out of breath because of my weight. Um, whereas like there now this morning I had a pair of high heels on me that I haven't worn since I'm 40 and I was running around the house up and down the stairs and which I couldn't because you got down ultimately to just over 13 right no I'm 10 stone 12 now I, oh my I god the article I have of course is an old article you've continued to lose yeah yeah, yeah. well I've kind of maintained uh, my weight now stone. Me, I'm 10 stone 12 oh my god yeah yeah, so my, my lowest weight was 10.5, but he did explain to me, like, your first weight, you lose the majority of your weight, Sharon, then you're going to gain. You'll gain between 7 to 10 pounds, even a stone, but it's easier to lose a stone than what it is to lose All right. weight. Okay, what your did you have, a sleeve or a bypass, or what was it? A bypass, I had a gastric bypass, which is, I believe now what column is advocating more 
than the sleeve because you can get reflux issues. I had them previously to surgery, so bypass was the only option for me. Okay, okay. You see, if, yeah. if people go over, and I've spoken to lots of women who did go to the likes of Turkey and sailed through mm. it and came back and are really, really happy and had change out of yep. 3,000 euro. Others, yeah. though, didn't get so lucky and ended up having to go to the CUH, go under the care of surgeons and consultants to fix bad work. Yeah, but it can happen here as well, Neil. It can happen here as well. I think it's all down to the individual person and how your body is going to respond to it. We're not all the same, autonomy-wise, or your habits. Like, I stuck to the letter. I done everything to the letter. I done I reintroduced food. I listened to my body. I incorporated exercise. You know, but there's other medical issues that you could have that, will present after surgery. Like for me, I just was, I mean, even in his own words, he said, you're an advocate for bariatric surgery. Do you know, but not everybody, even here, people have issues. But I suppose the thing here is, if they have issues and a few of the bonds people, they just ring up the hospital or Dr. Boyle, they're brought, brought straight in, investigated, it's sorted and back out again. Yeah. Do you know, so I suppose you do have um, the directness into your bariatric team. Did he, did he ever reference the overseas surgeries in your conversations? And, and if he did and it was private, you no. don't have to share it. He, he didn't bring it up. No. no, I didn't even know you could go abroad for these surgeries. I'll be honest with you. Right. I and didn't now, know now that you know that it could yeah. be as, as low as two and a half thousand euro, how, how does that make you feel? Well, like, I suppose I'm 50 now, Neil, I'd be afraid of my life. You know, maybe if I was younger... Maybe so, but it's very it's a, it's a hard one to call. I was lucky I had the money. Um, I have a relationship with the bonds because a lot of my consultants are there. So for me, it was just natural progress to go there, but not everybody feels the same. Mm. And I do feel bariatric surgery isn't a cosmetic surgery. In my opinion, it's life-saving. It completely changed my life. Of course. It, 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 mm. You know, so I can see how people get to the end of their tether and go, look, if abroad is for me and there's a lot of people have success stories, they're going to take that chance. Now, that poor lady, the girl from east um, of the country, I didn't know actually until I just heard your, your preview that she had gone abroad for weight loss surgery. That yeah, she went, she went to Turkey for one of these medical procedures. Yeah, she did. It's yeah. frightening. Yeah. It's frightening. But like I can see people's desperations and like that there's, there's uh, people that have become very, I'm very friendly with on my Instagram page. They've had amazing suspects. They have had, so, yeah. But one thing yeah. you can't get away from is that health tourism is now big, big business. You know. Yeah, well, that that is like I'm a I'm a salesperson myself. Like you know, and you know how you can put a spin on things. And my jaw dropped when you were telling me last chance for surgery at this price. Da, da, da. Like I never would have expected a, a medical procedure that would change you. You know your insides that much to be sold like that. Me personally, if something was sold to me like that, I go ah, there's a catch there. No, I wouldn't go near it. You know, that's yeah. my personal. Yeah, 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 you're very open. You're very open about it as well. You you don't hide behind it. Like you tell the truth. And no. You tell people this is what I did, and these are the reasons I did it. Couldn't get up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah and like, I would never give anybody. You are making excuses. Advice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know? Like for me, it worked for me. It could have been a different story. No, I would not have gone abroad for any surgery like that, and uh, not a hope. Um, but then I wasn't in that position, Neil. Do you know? So yeah. I can understand why people go abroad. It's just in Ireland, a lot of medical procedures, like unless you're private and your private health insurance will cover you, they're out of reach. Oh, listen, um, there's a big difference between just uh, under 20 grand and just over two grand. You know. Oh, completely. Yeah, 
It oh, really is. Yeah. yeah. And some people oh, yeah. then, I imagine, tie in a holiday while they're there as well, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, like, I mean, this, the surgery wasn't that invasive. I'll be honest with you. I had it done on a Tuesday. I was home Friday and I was cooking breakfast for the lads on a Saturday. Of course, um, your appetite's completely changed, hasn't it? Totally. Oh, completely, completely changed. I get full very fast, like, you know, and uh, I can eat anything now, you know, just in moderation. Uh, but I found now in the last day, I'm, I'm suffering from the menopause. I, I'm going into my fourth week on HRT. Woohoo! Um, so <laughs> my energy levels Far are from woohoo, oh, yeah. I'd say. I can tell you now, boy. A slap on the HRT and you'll see the difference in you. But my energy levels weren't what they were. Uh, but with the HRT, they're coming back. But I haven't been exercising to my full potential for the last two months. And I'm got, I call it flabby abby. I haven't changed on the scales, but I've gone flabby. So now that I'm going to go back training again, I'll tone up. Do you know, so there's loads of factors, Neil. Absolutely loads. Good to catch up, Sharon. Stay in touch. Enjoy yeah. the next few days of sunshine. Um, I will Get do. outdoors and uh, put on some sunscreen and screen and enjoy, all right? We'll chat again. Oh, darling, when you get to 50, you avoid the sun at all costs. But thank you. What do you why do you... Day. 50? You're only a young one. What are you talking about, 50? That's I know, but I have to keep... I have to keep the skin pure, love. I have to keep out of the sun. Big half in Factor 50. Okay. Listen, have a great day. You too. Take care, Sharon. Bye. Cheers. Back Bye. after the break, text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Um, I actually couldn't believe the amount of advertising that's going on, actually, online for gastric banding, gastric surgery. Not just that, actually. You know, there's huge amounts of advertising being driven in an online world for all sorts of aesthetic work that's being done on people, you know, including on their face. Uh, a lot of it was sent to me actually by Mary Jane from uh, Glamity Jane on Instagram, also beauty columnist. She joins me by the phone. Mary Jane, good morning. Good uh, morning, Neil. How are you? Are, are good. Are you aware of a thing called selfie dysmorphia? Do you know? Do you have I you am. Heard? All right. Well, rather than me explain it, do you want to do it? It's where you, you take loads and loads of inst- <laughs> photographs, se- selfies of yourself. You pick the yeah. one you like, right? Then you airbrush your face and you change it or your body shape. And then you love it so much that you then go seeking surgery to look like your airbrushed self. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Wow. Um, I know it's kind of, it's, um, it's a bit scary. Now, I want to start off by saying, first of all, I, I get Botox myself and I've had lip filler done. Um, I get Botox done because my, eyes, my eyelids are kind of a bit droopy. Um, and so I love wearing eyeshadow. And I got lip fillers because I like... Lip, I love lipstick and I, I had a very, very thin lip. Yeah. That's as far as it goes, really. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that facial aesthetics are, are bad in any way, shape or form. What I was sending to Seamus was all the advertising for the um, plastic surgery abroad. Um, but the selfie dysmorphia thing is is definitely something that's it's more prevalent, I suppose, in younger people. Like I'm 43 and I was laughing there when you were saying to Sharon that she was a young one at 50. But like it's 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 definitely more prevalent along kind of younger people, so they're going for these kind of um, aesthetic treatments like fox eyes and things like this. Um, a fox, fox eyes. Which is like, I have have yes. I have heard of vampire. Uh, what is it? What is the term? Vampire, vampire facials. Vampire facials. Vampire facials are a facial, but fox eyes are where they get um, these threads put into the side of their face to make their face a little bit more feline. So if you look at like Megan Fox um, and some of the celebrities, they would naturally maybe have um, these kind of um, 
fox shaped eyes and so there's a big trend at the moment on TikTok and places like that where people are going in to get um, facial threads which would have been traditionally used um, on the kind of the jowl area and stuff like that. Is that some kind of, of stitching lift. to that face part, facial yeah, area is it? Yeah, they're called PDO threads, they're put in through your face and they're used to lift so traditionally, say women, um, menopausal women or women that would have been in their kind of 50s would have got them to lift the side of their face just to give them a little bit of a lift. But now younger people are, there's some clinics I think that are doing them um, that are doing, um, now I'm not aware of anywhere in Cork that's doing them, but I've seen them in the UK and stuff where they're doing these fox eyes and they're taking them um up the side of the face and a lot of the time this, these ones are being done by people that aren't medical professionals so they're just they kind of look really wrong like the face looks all puckered initially and then they settle in but you can get blindness and everything from them like if they're very very dangerous So this is actually some form of threading that's put into different parts of the face it's pulled and the, and it, the skin is yeah, stretched yeah, and it makes the eyes kind of a bit more feline looking, so a bit more flicked okay, up but, uh, but, uh, but also, because uh, I'm seeing photographs of people getting it done uh, where they're pulling up their the skin of their under their chin and, and, and that's being pulled up yes. by thread also, right? And where yeah, is that exactly. pinned behind your ears then or what? Yeah, that, exactly. So it's pinned behind the ears and that's actually a, a fairly popular um, treatment and it's it's... it's I think safer from what I can gather. Now you'd need to get a doctor on, I suppose, to go into the. It's a thread lift, is it? Yes, yes. So that's kind of a, a, wow. a more common, a more common um, procedure that's done. That's kind of safer. But this this fox eye one that we're seeing is kind of it, it's like there's beauticians and stuff performing it, and it's not. It just doesn't look very very safe. I would have thought that anything that involved a needle or any kind of invasive. I'm not going to call it surgery, but anything to do with putting yeah. anything in the skin or even on the skin would be done by a doctor or, or a nurse or, or the, you know, the Dan, is it Danny or Danai nurses? Yeah, well, yeah, see nurses. They're very specialised nurses, nurses. Yeah, exactly. Um, and nurses are are allowed to do, um, they're allowed to perform filler and, and that as well. But um, like a lot of the, I suppose, a lot of the other filler work see anybody can do filler so like if I went over to a place in the UK or whatever and I did a two day course I could open up a filler place now I might have problems getting insurance but in theory I could do it so what's the difference say between a filler and and Botox Um, Botox who can do the Botox only doctors and dentists can do Botox because it's a prescription-only medicine. Right. But you see, the problem with filler is that if, if say, for example, I got my lips done now by somebody and they weren't qualified, now it can happen to doctors as well. Only doctors, so you can buy the filler, right? I could go in and buy the filler, but there's a product called Hyalase and you need that to dissolve the filler, but only doctors can get that. So that's where the problem is. So if I needed something, if, if something got blocked in my lips and I needed it dissolved, I'd have to go to a doctor to have that done. And does that happen where people get that done to their lips, that kind of filler you're talking about? Where it, what, what can happen? It congeal or it can it, be lumpy or something or yeah, swell? It, it, can, it can actually kill the nerve in the lips and it can cause a thing called necrosis, which is death of your skin, basically. Um, but you can cause, there's loads of things that, um, that it, it can cause, like filler if it blocks a blood vessel or anything in your face it can can cause massive problems and then does that person um, have to go looking for help from a medical professional yes 
yes. Like I, I worked in a, a clinic in a front of house scenario and we would have had people that would have rang up and said, I need help, you know. Um, so how do you know, you know where to go and where to, to avoid? What questions should they be asking? Well, I suppose like... If, for example, if I, I'm going, I'm actually having Botox done today, but like what I do is you you just make sure that the person that's injecting the Botox is a doctor or a dentist and that it's a clinic that has somebody there at all times and that they have a good, um, particularly with filler, Botox is a little bit different um, in that I don't think there's as many complications with it, but with filler, like it, it can be quite a complex thing. So you need to make sure that like, that there's a good aftercare service and read the okay. reviews yeah. on yeah. places like Trustpilot and on Google reviews and stuff like that and just make sure that the person that's injecting you and that you know the product that you're getting injected as well because if, for example, you have to go up to the CUH if, if something blows up or something in your face that you know the name of the product that they've injected so that you're presenting to the doctor and you know what they've done to your face. That's one of the biggest problems. People go in and in lots of places like they're not they're not signing consent forms or they don't know what they're consenting for or they don't know the quality or the name of the product. Or where it so came from, things, yeah, or the quality or of the actual solution, yeah. I know. But when you look at things like, say, Snapchat, right, or, or Instagram yes. and everything, why are people so unhappy with how they look? Because we're in a society now where um, people online are altering their image and, the, you know, they're filtering how they look. And celebrities are doing the same. Like, if you look at a photograph of Jennifer Lopez, that's, you know, one of her shots or whatever, it's airbrushed, it's photoshopped. You know, she has a team of hair and makeup artists. You know, she's definitely had work done, even though she says it's olive oil. But anyway, that's another that's another story. And, and um, do you think that sometimes they say things like that and, 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 and people know it's not the truth? It's actually, oh, yeah. you know, I know of this app called Facetune, for instance. Yes. And Facetune, well, Facetune you can whiten your teeth you can slim down your jawline and um, you can do things like make your eyes bigger. You can lift your brows. And so, like so that's insane are, because then you see this person in real life and you realize she's like, yeah, like they're, oh, that's they, pathetic. That's like they don't look and like, look, you know, everybody likes everyone has a side that they prefer. So if you're in a photograph or whatever, I'd prefer to be on the right hand side kind of usually um, right everyone has a, that's kind of that's about as far as my filtering goes now Neil I prefer being on the right side of the photograph I prefer my face on the right side right yeah like a lot of people are a bit like that which is fine because you know you've been photographed a lot and whatever but like the, the level of filtering and face tuning and see there's, there's a lot of influencers that are doing it as well and they're they're not being honest with their audience. Could I pick so up on that point actually, the whole influencer blogger aspect after 10, if you're free for another 4-5 okay, or five minutes. Perfect. Thank sure, you so sure, much. No Appreciate it Mary no Jane. Problem. Back after 10, if you want to get involved in the conversation, if you've experienced yourself text 0868 I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Somebody Red FM. Alarmed by my conversation this morning. Do you not know that Botox is the most one of the most poisonous substances known and you're talking about it like it's completely innocent? Yeah, I'm talking about it. I'm not in any way saying that it's innocent. The reason I'm talking about it is how people are so obsessed these days with their body and body image and how much of it is driven by what they're seeing 
on social media and other photographs that are filtered by people, all of those kind of things. It actually started with regards to um, the amount of advertising now. It's a multi-billion euro industry. But when you talk about Botox, um, it's an injectable drug. It's made from botulinum toxin type A. Um, and uh, it is, uh, they say, although botulinum toxin is life-threatening, the small doses, like those used in the application of Botox, are considered safe. And the Botox injection of this botulinum toxin is temporary. So people have to get repeated injections over time. And that's why you find somebody who gets Botox done, goes back for top-ups and top-ups and top-ups and what have you. Uh, so that's the conversation we've been having this morning. And I ran out of time the other side of uh, of 10 to finish my conversation with uh, Mary Jane. She rejoins me by phone. Mary Jane, you were just touching on the role of influencers and bloggers there. Wasn't that right? Yes, yeah. I was just saying that a lot of um, influencers and bloggers and stuff would, would alter their photographs online um, or when they're on you know their stories and stuff they would they would use filters um, so that it makes it look like maybe that their skin is a bit smoother or um, you know like for photographs you can edit those and put them up videos are a little bit more tricky I suppose because you can't really do that in real time like you can't slim your face down in videos and things like that um, unless you Unless you edit them afterwards, right? But but, but I, even I know you can you can change the shape even of your entire body photograph, can't you? Oh, you can absolutely, yeah, yeah. You can you can knock a few stone off there, no problem. Um, and you can give yourself, like you see, I think if you look at as well, Neil, and I suppose we're a bit of an older generation. Like if you look at through th- throughout the years, the way that when I was growing up, when I would have been nineteen, Kate Moss was the ideal. So, you know, that kind of heroin chic, very skinny, boyish, kind of no boobs. And now we've gone to the other extreme where it's big boobs and big bums and exaggerated waists and stuff like that. So it it, it, it always depends on the on the era that you're in as well. And this is, and so this the moment, era, the, the, the filtering or the airbrushing could be a bigger boobs or bigger hips and bigger bum, is it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like okay. an exaggerated, it's like a Kardashian type body. So where you have a big and people are going abroad for these Brazilian bum lifts, which are absolutely the most dangerous surgery you can have done. Why? Um, because they're injecting fat into the buttock area, and the buttock area is very, very vascular, and you can get a blockage. There was actually, um, there's been loads of deaths reported um, for BBLs. They're one of the, the most lethal um, forms of, of surgery that you can get and there are people going over to Turkey for those as well and they're advertising them online. So it's not just obesity so, surgery, plastic surgery, dental surgery, eye surgery, it's bum surgery as well. And oh like. no, absolutely. The Brazilian butt lift is the most controversial one. Um, so like it's a combina- that's a combination of liposuction and fat grafting. So it just means that like they're taking, they, like I could go over now and get a bigger bum if they could take it from my belly. They'd liposuction the fat out of my belly and put it into my bum. Well, you know, all the, you know the people who do this, they, um, they may be doing it yes. for all sorts of different reasons, but to hide behind fake photographs or to air filter your body shape yeah. must mean that people are very sad, are they? That they have to do this? It's just very, it's very, it's just very dishonest. I mean, if you, can't, if, you, if you can't be an influencer and be your authentic self, then you should have a different job, I feel. You know what I mean? Like if you're... If you're out there and you're, you're, because influencing now, whether people like it or not, is a job. So if you're going to be an influencer, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go down that route, 
then you should be able to do it authentically. But it's like, it's, it's like people saying that they have smooth skin from using potions and creams. And it's not, it's because they've had Botox and fillers. You know, it's, 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 it's about authenticity. And I think... It's lying, It's certainly, at least, it's dishonest and probably worse. Oh, definitely. And, like, they're, they're, they're filtering out, you know, in their bikinis, they're filtering out their cellulite and stuff. Like, most women, men don't really, I don't think, really get cellulite much, but most women will have a little bit of cellulite. Um, and some people just get it very, very badly, and they can have very thin, athletic bodies and they can get it but like a lot of these people are just you know like if there's part of your body that you're not comfortable with it's now easier to get a filter than than to tackle it okay so a lot of the time it is use of filters and and what have you but have we arrived at a stage where influencers and bloggers now are being paid by clinics here um and also being paid by the turkish surgery clinics Yes, there. Yeah, there. There is. Um, there are. I think a few girls that are that have gone over and had. We say might have made maybe started with a gastric sleeve or a gastric band. I'm not sure. Um, they would have gone over and got that done. They would have got the weight loss surgery. And then because the weight loss is so dramatic and drastic, they'd be left with loose skin and um, maybe sagging breasts, like because their, their boobs might have got bigger if they put on weight, and they'd have you know like the bingo wings and. and and you know loose skin on their inner thighs and stuff and so then they'd have to go over and get like a what's called i think a full body lift i think is the is the non-medical term for it but there's probably a more medical term yeah for it, i know exactly what you mean yeah you said like you see you see belly flab dripping down because there would have been a fat belly there originally yeah, yeah. exactly exactly like if i lost a lot of weight i'm sure i'd have a little yeah i think they yeah. call it an apron yeah, um, an and so they get tummy tucks and stuff and then and now they're organizing coffee mornings to, to talk to people about their journey but that's that's kind of dangerous like you know there now whether there's doctors there or not I don't know but I think that's kind of dangerous to be encouraging people to do that but there are no there are no influencers just advertising sponsored adverts for um, overseas clinics without having never got the work done themselves or anything are there no I not as far as I'm aware okay. I don't think so yeah. no 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 yeah. no no they'd be yeah no 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 just anybody that's maybe had the work done. I, I haven't seen anyone because like, if they, I think they're calling them like patient advocates or something or patient something. They have some name for them anyway. Um, but, you know, they've come over and they've had the, the, the surgery successfully and, and that. So they probably would have paid for their first lot of surgery and then they, got, they get the other surgery for free to talk about it. Yeah, it's a multi-billion euro dollar industry, isn't it? Um, Yeah, well... Is there a a particular age bracket that are attracted to it more than any? um, I think think probably people that are post-child. There seems to be a lot of people that have had kids or that are at a certain age that are getting, say, we'll say, the the gastric sleeving done. And then for the Brazilian butt lifts and the boob jobs and things like that, it's probably younger you know, it, it it depends on their their um, body, but all the and I the Botox the and the dermal filler and the vampire and the thread lifts. And things all, like that. that's all age. That's all age groups because people sometimes look at it as a preventative measure. I mean, I've been having it done since I'm thirty five, so I'm like I've been doing it for eight years, and I do a small amount of it um, often enough, as in like as often as I should, and I maintain it that way. Um, but like, there are people that regress the work that they've had done and and that kind of thing but like the the facial aesthetic side of things is, is very temporary you know it's um and like a lot of it can be reversed and um, botox you just have to wait for it to to fade and that's about three months 
um, and the fillers you can have dissolved if you regret having them done but just the surgeries I think are a bit of a bit of a bigger deal and they, they, that seems to be the more aggressive type of advertising like I was sent, I sent Seamus on some screenshots of them of the ones and I, I, I was just scrolling Instagram for maybe an hour and um, all the ones and they were coming up as sponsored adverts in my stories and on my feed and you see, you can hide the ads, hide the ads, but then another one comes up from another clinic. This is the two and a half grand turkey gastric sleeve or the 3,200 yeah. last chance offer yeah. ones. Yeah, I've seen all those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was having, I had um, a, just a small thing done there myself um, in, in a hospital recently, you know, um, and it wasn't, it was gastric related, but it wasn't a gastric pandran thing. And I could hear the doctor next door giving out to the lady saying, look, I don't know what they've done to you now, but we're going to have to do she'd had some surgery abroad and she was having complications and they, they had no medical files or anything for her, so they couldn't They have to her. mop up the mess, don't they? Yes. That, well, that's exactly, I, I didn't want to, that's exactly really? what it was. Yeah. They have to he fix said. it. He was just, yeah, he was just saying, look, uh, you know, there was just a curtain between us and he was just saying, look, I'll have to bring you in um, to the hospital. I, I can't do it now, um, but there's definitely something not right and what they said they did, they didn't do. But you know this obsession with the pursuit of the flawless look, as I read online, I thought it summed it up very well. The obsessive pursuit of the flawless look. Doesn't it ultimately mean that everybody will look the same? Well, this is it. That's that's exactly it. I mean, when I was when I was in school or when I was growing up, it was a pair of spanks and a bit of makeup, you know, um, and, you know, you know, a nice hairdo or whatever. That was kind of that was about as much as you could improve. But now everything is becoming more accessible and it's becoming more normalised, I suppose. Um, it's, I, it's, you know, it's all based on insecurity, surely, though. I think it's a lot of it is based on, yeah, a lot of it is based on just people not being happy in themselves. But I think you have to look at that as a deeper issue. You know, when they're looking at themselves, and like a lot of people have bodies of morphia where they look at themselves and they think that they're fat or they think that they're, you know, that their mm. boobs aren't big enough or mm. whatever. Um, well, others would defend like a, it by saying, what's so wrong, Neil, with being the pers- the best version of you? Do you know what I mean? Oh, and listen, I, I advocate being the best version of, of you if, if as long as it's not, like, extreme. So, like, I think, yes, absolutely, I'm all for getting, I get Botox myself, as I said, I get facials myself, um, I do a bit of personal training, I do, and I, I think that, I, you know, I'm probably not the best person myself, but I'm working on it, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but I suppose it's when, when people are putting their lives in danger and things are, are, are becoming, like, dangerous when you're risking things obsessive. like blindness yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it becomes, like, an obsessive thing because what you see is that people don't, don't tend to stop. I don't know if you've ever seen the um, plastic surgery show Botched, no, I haven't seen that. Where they have, okay, so it's a guy called Terry Dubro and Paul Nassif. They're two LA plastic surgeons and they're top of their game, right? And people go to them to have their, their surgeries fixed. And like a lot of the time they're sitting there. It's actually quite, it's quite funny to watch it. It's entertaining, but it's not funny for the people. Like they'll have had maybe three or four breast augmentations and now they're all lopsided or they'll have had a nose job and the doctor will have taken away too much cartilage and now they can't breathe through their nostrils and stuff. So there's loads of things and Brazilian butt lifts and they, they I've seen photographs of people after a lot of facial work uh, and, and before it and, and I have to say I thought oh my god they look an awful lot worse after it. 
I think, and I think the, the thing about it is that you have to go to somewhere where. No, but they probably think, but they wouldn't think so. You see, it's almost like, am oh, I yeah. the one with the yeah, dysmorphia, or is it they? They they see themselves, and I'm thinking, my God, you were beautiful the way you were. But I think you see, as long as you can look in the mirror and you're happy with how you are and you feel good about yourself, I don't think it should matter what anyone else thinks. That would Absolutely be my right there, yeah. But then we wouldn't have yeah. selfie. Then we wouldn't have selfieitis, like the uh, obsessive taking of selfie after selfie after selfie until you pick the the one you like. I know, I know, and you know what? That that to me is just like. And even now, you'll even see the difference when you're on a night out or whatever. If you're at an event and there's a photographer, the photographer will say, "Are you happy with the photos?" I just say, "Look, I don't even want to see them." <laughs> because if I was to start looking at them now, I'd be saying, oh God, my eye looks funny in that one. Like some guy told me on Twitter one day that he thought it was cute that I had a cross eye. Me, <laughs> I don't have a cross eye at all. It was just, I, but, you know, but you know what it was? I was looking at the camera of the phone and my eye didn't look like it was turned in. So that was, was my own fault. Was he paying you a compliment or what? Oh, he thought it was cute that I had a cross eye. <laughs> I, I, I actually had to block him. <laughs> Get out of my so life. There you go now. I'll, I'll get out of your life for a while. Have a great weekend, Mary Jane. Thanks you for too. taking the call. Bye. 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 Text 0868104106. Calls after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. All right, back Cork's to the red phone and lines. Now. We go. Lucy is uh, in, uh, just going to Lithuania, and Noel is just back. Good morning to both of you, Lucy and uh, and Noel. Lucy, you're morning, going. Morning. You're going for uh, some form of bariatric surgery, is it? That's right, yeah. I'm going for gastric bypass in Lithuania in August. Okay. And Noel, you're just back from a gastric bypass in Lithuania, are you? Yeah, I just got it done there on the 4th of March. Okay, okay. Um, what, what was it like, Noel? What was the cost, incidentally? It was 6100 to get it done. Okay. That's there. the same but price you're going to pay, Lucy, right? That's right, yeah. Okay. That's and well. Noel, did yeah. you have weight to lose, was it? And that was the reason you tried everything else? I'd done everything was personal trainers, slimming world, everything didn't work. So it's kind of the last chance saloon for me. Okay. Why why Lithuania at six thousand one hundred when you could get it done um, in Turkey for half the price? I I suppose you get what you pay for, really, don't you? Yeah. You know, why 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 is it so cheap over there? I don't know. Um, I was trying to get it done over here in Stanley. I went up to Letterkenny first. Um, it was 9,000 euro to get it done in Letterkenny, but there was a three-year waiting list. All oh, right. <laughs> and I, I didn't have three years to wait. I yeah. had to get it done yeah. as soon as possible. Okay, okay. Because it could be upwards of 19,000, maybe 20,000, say, for instance, in the Cork Bond Secor Hospital yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Correct, so yeah. you wouldn't have had that kind of money unless you'd have got a loan, big loan. Oh, no, 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 not a hope. Okay. No. Any, any complications? How long did you stay there? I was there for about a week. Um, no complications. They, 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 to be fair, the care over there is absolutely first class. Um, they wouldn't let you out of the hospital until they were 100% sure that you were going to be okay. They had done bloods regularly. They were constantly checking on you. I couldn't recommend it highly enough over there, the care. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, the, the surgeon over there was amazing. You, they put you completely at ease when you get over there. He explains everything to you, talks through everything. Do you know, it's was first class and after that week then you just you just come home and paddle your own canoe yeah. after that is it yeah I came you home don't, you I don't get a check up after a month or six weeks or three months or anything they they, 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 they be on to you alright they get back on to you and they ask you how you're doing and stuff and sure everything was going fine so, so was, I'm lucky enough I suppose I had no complications or anything um, yeah and I was back to work fairly fast and, and quite literally at that point then the weight started to drop off 
Yeah, yeah, because you, you go on a special diet two weeks before the surgery. To, it's called an LDR, liver reducing. It's just to reduce the size of the liver. So okay. Make the operation yeah, so you more did safe. all of that. You, you followed all the yeah. protocols in advance. And how much weight did you lose and how quickly? Um, since the 4th of March now, I've lost about five and a half stone. Yeah, but that's Maybe. not even three months. Yeah. That's an, is, that a, is that not a dangerous speed to lose weight at, no? I suppose, it, I suppose there must be some kind of danger to it, but I feel fantastic, so I have no regret about it whatsoever. No, I know. I mean, listen, it, it's worked, and you're 100% fighting fit, and you've lost the weight, and you probably have a lot more energy, do you? Oh, God, yeah. My poor dog doesn't know what's after hitting Okay, it. but was there, like, did you have flabby skin after the weight loss or anything like that? Uh, I, still, I still have a good bit of weight to lose, like, so it's hard to say, but if I had flabby skin after, that wouldn't bother me. So I'm just happy to lose the weight, you know, and have a better quality of life. And are you comfortable to share the weight that you were before you went? I was nearly 26 stone. So, and I've lost John nearly out of the 20s now, thank God. 26 stone, that's a very yeah. unhealthy weight, isn't it? Exactly. I, I had to do something, you know? I had to get, I had to, I had to do it. Like, it was, it was, I was, it was just, I was in a bad place. And was that down to bad eating habits or, or what? Yeah, bad eating, takeaways, all rubbish. And so that's, I just completely changed now. Don't, I don't, I have no interest in food now whatsoever, only just healthy to see, to, to see what I had, just protein all the time. Do you, you do, do you actually enjoy meals anymore now? Uh, not really, like, just eat, I just eat because I have to, like, that's it. I, I, I um, look forward to what I'm going to eat. You you don't, <laughs> no? no? Well, I, that was my problem, Neil, before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we had to stop it, like. <laughs> I what you're saying. I enjoyed my food a bit. I enjoyed my food too much. Uh, okay, so you, you're six stone down, so you're, but you're still at 20 stone. You have a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, I have a long way yet to go. About another five stone now, and I'd be kind of happy. And when do you when do you expect to lose? Over what period of time will the next five stone be dropped? I tell it can't be as fast as what it was. So I, I hopefully in the next twelve months. Okay, um, so complete new wardrobes and everything. Complete, complete oh God, new, yeah. And are, yeah. Are, are people remarking on your drastic weight loss? Yeah, yeah. I'm not ashamed of it either. I tell them straight away that I had the surgery. Like you know, it's um, not I'm not ashamed of it. I had to, I had done it for I done it for my for my child really to I could be around longer for my oh, child. Oh, listen, know? absolutely. You are certainly yeah. impacting on your length of life. Yeah, like we're going to we're going on holidays now in a few weeks. And I'm really looking forward to it. And can't wait. How does that make you feel like, listening to that conversation, Lucy? Unreal. Yeah, it's actually the very same story as my own. Um, nearly, I'm nearly 26 stone as well, and um, I suppose I'm a tall girl, so I can kind of carry it. But I'm still, I'm still a big girl, you know, and I'm unhealthy. And era, look, same as Noel, I tried everything. Um, did, did you try and change what you were eating and the types of food, a more healthy choice, all that kind of thing? I have, I have, like I, I could guess, like I could. Like, I'd be in Slimming World, Weight Watchers, I'd be in every personal trainer, I've been to everything. I mean, it's just motivation for me long term. I think it goes beyond um, the start, it goes like psychologically, it's like it goes deeper, you yeah. Know? So, so, um, the, so, the end, before you make, when you make the decision to go, it's out of desperation, yeah, pure desperation. There's nowhere to turn out for me, um, only abroad, you know. Um, I feel like there's nowhere else to go. Um, if I go back to the world, I'll do the same again. You know, I'll be there for three weeks, four weeks, and then after a month, I'll be after losing losing the stone. I'll be like, "Yeah, sure, I'm grand now." 
and back on it goes. Again, yeah. You know. Yeah. Whereas with this surgery, of course, that's impossible because literally you have a yeah, tiny, you have a tiny, tiny stomach. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And it's reversible as opposed to <laughs> and stuff. What you say, Noel? So, you can't eat anything really anymore. <laughs> yeah. Only very small amounts. Power to that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. It's a shame in one way, really, because you're denying yourself one of the simple pleasures in life—a good meal. Uh, but the pro, the, yeah. the, 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 the benefits way outweigh that completely. Like you know, the better quality of life, and it's just. Okay. I wouldn't be too worried about okay. the food part okay. of this. So you're not worried about any of the follow. You're not worried about the follow up, Lucy, or the care that you might get if you were getting it done here. I'm not. I I researched it so well. Um, all the different clinics. I researched everywhere, and I was looking at Turkey, and I was looking at the three grand. You know, and I was thinking, she's the grand life, but um. Like the, the, the clinic I'm going to, possibly the same as Noel, like it had like the best reviews. Nord, yeah, Nord. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I done my research the same as you, and it was a place that kept yeah. popping up regularly all the time. There was five stars yeah. all the time. But you what know, if you come back and there is a complication, Lucy? I don't mean to frighten you now or make you wary or anything. Oh, I know. know but I've talked to my GP about it. Um, my GP is fully behind me. Some are, some aren't, they, they don't kind of do follow-up, but he agreed to do my follow-up. Um, he just warned me to go to a dietitian privately, to hire a private dietitian. Okay. So that I would be kind of looked after in Ireland that way, and he'll do all the bloods afterwards. So when you started looking, did you, did you, were you bombarded with advertising from these various clinics then? Yeah, as soon as you type it into Google, like, and you send a request off for more information or whatever, you'd get, like... Loads of emails back, all your Google search, every all your ads on Facebook all your Google searches all. change, all your yeah. ads change <laughs> because you're trapped yeah. then and your information has been harvested by other clinics. Yeah, so you get you get like information from everywhere, all around the world. Bombarded yeah. with it. When do you travel? Um, I travel the tenth of August. Okay. Um, on the Wednesday, my surgery is the twelfth. Uh, on Friday, and then booked to come home on the Wednesday after. It's like five days after. Yeah, yeah. And that clock is ticking slowly for you. You're anxious to get yeah. there, I'd say, are you? It wouldn't come fast yeah. enough. It wouldn't come fast enough. I'm counting the days. But, um, yeah, I have my LRD, like Noel was saying, um, liver-reducing diet. And um, we're going on holidays in July. So I have to kind of work around that, you know. Um, make sure, you, like, I've, I have to lose 15 kg before I go initially. So... That's like 30, over 30 pounds, you know. If you can lose 15 kg before you go for bariatric surgery, why do you need it at all? Yeah, lots of people are saying that to me. Um, and I'd agree as well. I know I know what you're saying, but I can lose the 15 kg. I can lose the two stone. Um, just after that, you know, I couldn't keep it going. All right. You say but inevitably you'd put it back on again and like you do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what's your target yeah. weight from 26 to what? Um, well, I'd like to be about 14. Like, if I was 14, I'd be slim because I'm tall. Um, but, like, anywhere, like, from 14 to 16, I'd be okay. really happy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Be good to chat with you back uh, the back end of the autumn, see how things are going. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Will you Not come happy. back to me? Will you think yeah. of me then? I will, I think, yeah. All right, yeah. okay. Have a good have holiday, a have a good summer, and uh, have a safe trip. Hope everything works out for Cheers. you. Cheers, Lucy. Cheers, Take care, Lucy. Take care, Noel. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Nice one. Text 086 8104 We'll do some free food Friday shout-outs next. 
Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So what will you get? Well, as a main event, of course, you'll get some fabulous, fabulous starters before we move to, uh, sorry, from the starters on to the main event and then to the desserts. More on that in a few minutes' time. But here are some shout-outs for you. Oh, a lovely thank you actually came in from all of the staff of the book station in Douglas. All the staff of the book station, everyone who shared it with them, uh, fabulous Free Fruit Friday feast last week. Thank you so much to Neil Red FM and Roosters Piri Piri teams who organised everything. It made our day, created a lovely buzz on the shop floor. We shared it with colleagues in other shops and it was very much appreciated by all. So thank you all very much. Best of luck to everyone. Uh, hope they all win today. Well, only one winner. Morning to everybody at Scanlon's Pharmacy in Ballinine, to Oliver Hayes Gardening Services in Bandon, to all of the staff at BCE Consulting Engineering in the Marina who are listening this morning, and they'll share it with Culture Co. working at the Marina as well. Morning to Lara National School in Bandon, to uh, the House of Hare in Kinsale. Good morning to Sandra, Donna and Arlene, to O'Sullivan Pharmacy in Grange, Cash and Carry Kitchens in Fota, the NCT in Little Island would love some feeding today, Sigma Homes as well, who are working with the team of Sigma workers in Frankfield at the moment, Cork Distribution in Little Island, Leisure World, Churchfield, uh, Merakai, Clo- Clo- uh, the company's called Merakai, and Chloe's working down there in Glanmire, Castle Point, Boatyard, Crosshaven, Kiri's BMW, Little Island. This is lovely. The staff of Grail Skull Uriada Primary School in Wilton are celebrating two s- successful nights of this year's musical, and it's called Oilia Augustan Vruid, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's Irish for Beauty and the Beast. And all the children from junior infants to sixth class took part. Lots of tired but happy children and staff today, and they'd love a treat. Paddy Powers and Carrick Tool are listening. Countrywide drains, cleaning drains and septic tanks right across the county. Guyanese Dental and Balancholic Northside Tires in the O'Malley Road and Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire. So keep those texts coming. Text who you are and where you are to 86 and we'll do another bunch of shout-outs for starters, main courses and desserts from Roosters Piri Piri this side of, I hope this side of 11 o'clock, but I want to go back to the phone lines for now. Laurie Morrissey is originally a Cork girl, always will be, but is based in the Burren in County Clare. She's a blogger. In fact, she wrote an interesting article in The Examiner recently. Laurie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Nice to talk to you. And you you too. And I saw in that article about uh, what you were writing, that injectables are becoming normalized, that we see beauty products and regimes as a normal part of lives of women. But the narrative goes against um, the beauty story in the sense that it's a lot more than just facials, uh, sorry, face creams or makeup anymore. It is an obsession with beauty that is harming women especially young women. In fact, probably getting younger all of the time, right? Wow, yeah. Even hearing that back now, it sounds probably maybe a little bit alarmist, but I'm starting to feel more and more passionate about this. Um, and I suppose that started with a couple of things. I think recently we started seeing these, you know, these kind of tools that you can buy made out of kind of a, some kind of a stone, a nice stone that you can massage your face with and buy these beautiful oils with. And I just kind of thought, okay, are we all now expected to spend 10 to 20 minutes, which they're selling as just 10 to 20 minutes to relax and enjoy these oils. But really that is 10 or 20 minutes of obsessing over, you know, getting you know, unpuffing your eyes, unpuffing your skin, getting rid of wrinkles. And then I started to think about my daughters who are quite small, but I suppose are starting to become aware of the world. 
And I had started a number of months ago thinking, okay, I don't really feel in my gut that I want to be modelling a lot of beauty with these girls. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy a bit of makeup and a facial, etc. But I just started thinking more and more about how we are, as women particularly, bombarded by beauty culture. But good luck. Good luck with the role of a mother and her daughters, because you may not. But they're going to see it everywhere anyway, in spite of you. Yeah, absolutely. They really will. I mean, if you open up, um, and this is why I was so pleased, I suppose, that the Irish Examiner carried my piece as well. If you open up any women's magazine, you are going to see ads, you're going to see the must-haves, you're going to see um, what other women are doing. Morning routines, evening routines, keep hydrated, go for this. I mean, we're starting to see ads now, what you should be doing six months out from your wedding. Um, And it is obsessive. And I think more people need to stand up and say, hang on. And actually, when I put this piece out there, Neil, so many women got in contact saying, I'm exactly the same. I only wash my face. I don't have a morning routine. Do Um, others say, I'm exhausted from the routine that I've been encouraged and bombarded with information to follow? I don't think so, particularly because I think women make their own decisions. I think you end up going to bed and you don't take your makeup off. And maybe you feel a little bit bad about it in the morning. But really, I think more and more women opt out of it. They just don't talk about it so much. You don't believe that skin care... I know we're on a different topic. It's all the same, really. It's all about beauty and image and what have you. You, you, you said that skin care doesn't care about your skin. Yeah. I mean, I mean all of these products I are just saw. a waste of money. To be honest, I probably do. I mean, now, skin care doesn't care about... And de-aging creams, nonsense, are they? I kind of do think they're nonsense. I think, I really think that, you know, we're getting better around diet culture and everybody embracing body size and curves, but we have yet to get better at embracing our faces Mm. and at embracing wrinkles. And I'm not a skincare expert, Mm. but, you know, recently, you know, a few friends of mine were using retinol and I'm coming up to 45. So, so many people would say, oh, you know, you need to start using retinol because it's the one thing that's, you know, it's powerful for anti-aging and it regenerates skin cells, I believe. And uh, I started using it a bit and my skin just kind of went all red and blotchy Mm. and then you have to use more sunscreen. So I was kind of terrified of being out in the sun without factor 50. And I just kind of thought, do I want red and blotchy skin in my 40s and 50s to maybe look 65 when I'm 69? I don't think so. So I I, I suppose I'm trying to get, I'm not an expert, but I'm going with my gut on this. It's so easy for a man. We have to do so little. Now, I know that there is an ever-growing culture with men now who go after products like you were describing, and they go after the Botox and the Derma fillers and the injectables and what have you. That's a growing industry. But by and large, traditionally, we don't really. We, we, We wash, we shower, we shave. That, that's pretty much it. But yet a bathroom or a bedroom of a woman, and I'm talking from experience all my life, my mother all the way down, it is full of cosmetics and products and hair stuff and skin stuff and face stuff and body stuff. Like it's a massive industry and it must be costing women a fortune. It has to be costing women a fortune. I mean, we need to get where men are. They wake up in the morning and I, you know, I know everybody has body issues and we all look at ourselves a little critically when we look in the mirror. But I mean, we look at men, like you said, they shave, they put on a little bit after, as my aunt would say, they put on a nice jacket and they're ready to go and they look beautiful. And women, 
we're all beautiful too and we need to start maybe that needs to be the new mantra I know but Laurie isn't it women isn't it women are putting other women under pressure in that regard I don't like to say that because I think every woman is trying to do the best for herself. I don't think it's trying to show up other people. I think people are generally focused on themselves. Um, But it's getting very tough. I mean, I look at generations coming after myself and the level of maintenance that they are into is so much more than people in their middle 40s, I feel, and which is so much more than people in their middle 60s. As I said, my grandmother put on a little bit of perfume and she was gone. Maybe a little bit of lipstick. I don't think I ever saw her with a lipstick. And then, you know, suddenly, you know, I have never gotten a spray tan, for example. I go to a wedding, maybe, you know, I get my hair done, which will make me feel fantastic, a little bit of makeup. But then I'm looking at the generation, you know, after me at a wedding, often hair extensions, lash extensions. They look amazing. You don't get me wrong. They, and they will say fantastic. that to this. Firstly, they'll say, it's my money. It's nobody else's business. I look amazing. I feel amazing and get over it. Yeah, correct. And I think, you know, we're certainly, we all want to, like, I want to support other women. I want other women to feel empowered. It's their money, etc. You know, so I would even, I have a couple of friends who get um, injectables and I would always go, oh my God, go for it, girl. You know, whatever makes you feel good, you're earning your own money, go for it. But it was when I had my own daughter and I started thinking if she came to me, age 19, saying, oh, mom, I was thinking about getting a little injectable, then I'm going to actually, I think, take a step back and go, Laurie, why? You know, were we in a bubble of, you know, of denial around this before? Why was I telling all the women, go for it, girl, that's brilliant. And yet I really don't want this for my daughter. And I think we need to start thinking more about that. I know, what do we want for the future generations of women coming up? Now, was I reading, when I was reading your article, I got that point that you were making that, but I, I couldn't help but think at the same time, there would have been a time before laser, laser eye surgery when we were all going around half blind and people would have thought, oh, you're actually going to burn the optic and the iris of my eye, are you, with a laser? Uh, or indeed before we could get dental implants or crowns or caps and we went around with crooked, broken, yellow teeth. But yet all that's acceptable to fix those aspects of our bodies and our face a lot of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And listen, even Botox can be fantastic if you suffer from migraine, I believe. And you were just speaking to people, you know, who for health reasons are looking at bariatric surgery. You know, I mean, technology and all of these kinds of um, surgeries are so important. But what it comes back to is, I think a lot of it needs to be advertising regulation, by the way. Um, My background is in marketing and I can see how this dialogue, I mean, you know, it wasn't long ago that Botox was kind of for older ladies get rid of the wrinkles you know that kind of um, narrative was around it now it's kind of get a dewier more hydrated luminescence these are all the words that are starting to be used around mm. these kinds of procedures mm. that's that's again, that's marketing right isn't it that's marketing this is marketing that's all part and of the multi-billion I, dollar industry Absolutely. And I follow some, you know, gorgeous people on Instagram. I love Instagram because I get so many ideas there. It's a great outlet for creativity. And I follow this gorgeous lady who just recently said she was being sponsored. She made it so, you know, apparent and she was um, so open about it that she was being sponsored to go and get a non-invasive um, procedure. Yeah. Beauty procedure. She was looking forward to it. She was going to take everyone on her jersey. Or on her journey. Yeah. Uh, um, apologies. But, that, but Instagrammers and bloggers yeah. do that, don't they? get 
procedures Absolutely. for free um, or sometimes they're paid to do it and then they share it with Absolutely. their followers. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely fine. But that opened my mind a bit. Why, why is that? Why is that oh fine? God. Why is that fine? Again, well, yeah. I, do you know what you're, you're calling my attention to it now? I, I suppose I'm probably split between two saying everybody. So, Kenny gives an influencer free treatment or pays them to do the treatment, and that influencer yeah. then shares it with two hundred thousand people. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's um, it's like shooting you're fish right, in a barrel. It is actually isn't it? infiltrating. And the culture. You see, what what we are losing is that critical eye. And it's like those little tools where you're massaging your face. I mean, if my husband was massaging his face with oils in this little tool, honestly, if I walked in at him doing that, I would feel he was having a nervous breakdown. Whereas for women, that is so normal. You know, we've got these really kind of high, um, high standards for ourselves. That we're holding ourselves and, to. And does it does it mean that so women hard. does it mean that women are almost slave like and they 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 follow the next thing or they will buy anything uh, mm. in the pursuit of what they call beauty? I don't particularly think so. I think it's a very small amount of women are, are that slavish to beauty. But what I'm talking about, I suppose, are these little must-have products, are these little um, maintenance features like the four. Who you know, you might get your nails done at Christmas or going on holidays. So many people now get their nails done. It's almost marketed as self care, which is kind of ridiculous because then this is another job to get done every two weeks. It costs money, and people start to think they're unpolished if they don't have their nails done. Having your nails done becomes something extremely normal. Well, in um, only in the sense that if you don't get that done, you are mixing with people who do, and they're probably mm-hmm. remarking on it that you're not getting it done, right? So you become, because you become self-conscious if you're not doing what everybody else is doing. This is it. I don't think other women care much if you don't have your nails on. But yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, that would be my daughters as well, maybe thinking, well, my other friends are getting injectables maybe at age 19. And why, why aren't I? You know, why do I have this color hair when everybody else is getting highlights or, you know, I have curly hair, Neil, and all we hear about is beat the fuzz, you know, get rid of the frizz. Yeah, I know. And, and also you probably it, have, I was reading, I was reading about uh, somebody who um, had a particular bump on her nose. It was a tiny little bump. I don't think anybody saw it, but she saw it. But every single photograph that she ever, ever took, she had to airbrush out this tiny little bump. She was completely obsessed by it. But, but yet it is part of her, you know? So you're going to have, Correct. once you have a younger generation now, much younger saying, I don't like the shape of my eyes. I don't like the mm-hmm. shape of my nose. My ears are too big. You know, I don't yeah. like uh, my lips the way they are. Uh, and, Correct. you know, th- th- I think it was so interesting that um, Bella Hadid um, recently, um, she's a model, a high profile model, um, comes from a lot of money. Her background would be um, a lot of money. But she had had a nose job when she was about 14 and she's talking now about regretting it because this, you know, she felt her old nose, her own nose was a link to her ancestors. But I was thinking the one thing about Bella Hadid is she has enough money to go ahead and correct that again. Mm. If she feels so bad about her new nose, she can go and get her old nose. It's the road we're taking whereby people are going to change their faces because there's a huge level of upkeep as well in these injectables. And they're going to change themselves and it won't be reversible. Mm, So mm. we do have to talk a lot more about accepting our bodies, loving our bodies. We have to embrace things like wrinkles. We have to embrace things like acne. We have to embrace things like birthmarks, frizzy hair. 
you know, we really Oh, I can tell you, really I'm, I'm of so a generation hard. when we had all of that. The frizzy hair, the curly hair when you wanted straight. You had the spots, the sores, the acne, the big ears. The, you know, the, the only thing we could reach for way back in the day was a bottle of Clearasil. And I'm quite sure that was close enough to useless. Mm-hmm. But that's all that was there, you know. Yeah. But, would you say that the big worry, though, is for the generations to come? I believe so. I believe so because I would hope that I think a lot of people around their 40s at the moment are quite measured with it because there is definitely a time in your life when you come to a certain age and you let things go a little bit. You're more self-accepting. But I know that's really hard in your 20s when you're looking through magazines. And now, before I would have looked through magazines, Neil, and I would have seen, okay, you know, so you're talking about the middle um, 90s, you're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Moss. So super slim, that's not a healthy way to be. A lot of people would have gone down that road. Mm. We all know how toxic that is. And then the other thing, how many people in their mid-90s plucked all of their um, eyebrows away? Mm. Because it was a trend. Mm. And there are so many trends out there now in terms of your face, in terms of different implants that you can get. I bought um, a UK magazine recently at the weekend purely because there was um, Posh Spice was on the front of it. I was really interested to read this article because, you know, I had heard rumours that in it she was talking about embracing curves. But she's not. She's talking about, you know, how fashionable. She was talking about a trend about having a larger bottom and how that is lovely. But she was talking about how beautiful it is with a cinched waist. And so she's, I I mean, this is right. That's a tiny waist and huge hips, is it? Absolutely. Yeah. Which is hard because if you've got a larger bottom... You know, you should probably have a larger tummy. Ah, you would have thought so. I would have thought so. You know? know. So what she's talking about is embracing a certain trend. Now, she is talking about embracing her curves. She's not talking about maybe eating a little bit more than No, no, she's not. She's as thin as a coat hanger. She said dozens of squats is how she is looking to get this figure it's rubbish, and but it's so easy. I'm in my mid-40s. I can read that with a critical eye, I feel. But in your 20s... That's yeah, really hard. Yeah, yeah. I'll, sum it, I'll sum it up with this text, which actually speaks volumes. Cosmetic surgery is nothing more than psychiatry with knives. It's interesting, isn't it? That actually, yeah. you know, a lot of the issues that people have with body image or body parts has more to do with their brain than their body. And it's how their brain is interpreting their body. Do you know what he's saying or she's saying? I don't know whether it's a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. Cosmetic surgery well, is nothing more. So correct. And I think at the same time that we all need to acknowledge that in our society, we all have this deranged view of ourselves and it's not our fault. It's advertising every single woman's magazine you open will have, you know, the neck cream you need. I hope in this magazine it had neck cream. I said, well, that's another thing I need to worry about. The list is endless. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it, Laurie. Much obliged to you, Laurie Morris. He's a blogger. It's called IamLaurieM.com. From Cork, based in the Burren in the County Clare. And you're going to get good weather down there across the weekend as well. Back after the break, text 0868-104-106. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, back directly after 11. Free Food Friday shout-outs to come. But what will, you, what will you win? What will you get? You get a selection of starters consisting of chicken wings, chicken skewers, and beef skewers. Then the main events include chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and their fabulous beef burgers basted in the famous piri piri sauce we've also got piri salted fries rice and the new side 
waffle fries and all of the mayos and garlic and peri mayos to go with it. You can even build your own cheesecake with Kinder Bueno sauce or Kinder Pieces or Nutella or Smarties or whatever you want to put on top of them. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. You could win lunch for up to 15 or more of you. Courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry Perry Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Okay, I was telling you all week long about some great gigs on Side in June The 4th of June, Aslan will play at Cork's Big Top Rockin' at St. Finbar's GA Club in the city and then on the Sunday the uh, traditional Irish folk singer great talent, a guy called Dan McCabe takes to the stage on Sunday the 5th and I've got another double pair of tickets for Aslan double pair of tickets for Dan McCabe to give away just before midday today as well as that I'll have a quick chat and a quick hello with uh, Christy Dignam from Aslan also. Meanwhile, Free Food Friday continues, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Let me do some shout-outs on that, if you will. Morning to Jenny and everybody at Mulcahy's Pharmacy and Mallow Primary Healthcare, busy and hungry and big foodies. To everybody at Specsavers at Market Green in Middleton, Bar One Racing, Evergreen Road and Turner's Cross. To everybody at Noreen's Hair Studio in White, White's Cross uh, and uh, all of the staff, Noreen and Ella and Brida and Ita and Catherine and Sheila Okay, all working very hard. To the crew at Capwell Bus Depot, all of the hard work and staff. Bridgewater Homes in Rathcormack are listening. So are Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana. Everybody at Cullen View Interior, the staff at Drina National School, the Puffin Ward at the CUH. Uh, Here's Health Cafe in Douglas. Morning to Nadine. It's her last day going home for the summer. Morning, Heather. To everybody at Little Island Transport and Carry Tool. Dentals up, dental options in Cork also. Uh, to Loftus Demolition and Recycling in Dublin Hill. Just another few Bowdrin and Ahern Foods, Paddy Powers and Grona Broher, Blue Coast Skipire, Renault, Kiri, uh, Kiri's Renault at the Kinsale Road, Finbar Gal- Galvin Skoda in Bandon, uh, Barry Sheehan Painters painting a beautiful house apparently across from Fitzgerald's Park. To the gang at SR Technics in Mahan, Balafihan Healthcare and PPL Biomechanics on the Tremore Road. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104, 106. More free food Friday shoutouts in about 20 minutes, half an hour's time. You know, we were talking about the Springsteen gigs earlier on there with Claire. She was on, like many people are, waiting for tickets and uh, didn't get anything for the first gig on the 5th, but did manage to snaffle a couple of tickets for the second gig on the 7th of May next year. And now there's a third gig added. But uh, she did a little bit of research because, of course, you got the Springsteen tickets. Now you're going to need... A hotel in Dublin, all right, or else you're going to be coming back in the wee small hours. So, um, the well, the priciest that we could find is a four star in the city centre in St Stephen's Green, Ive Garden Hotel, nine hundred and ninety nine euro for two adults, no breakfast, one night, nine hundred and ninety nine euro. There's a three star hotel in the city centre called the Arlington Hotel, and on the night of each gig which is the 5th, 7th and 9th of May. It's €809 for a room, two adults, no breakfast. The Westbury, which is a five-star in the city centre, 488 How can you have a three-star at 809 and a four five star at four hundred and eighty eight? Even 488 is a ridiculous amount of money. Jury's in. Parnell Street, €474. Euro. The Maldron, Parnell Square, 439 
Same for the Marlin Hotel, a four star in Stevens Green, 439. One night, you're just sleeping in the bed, no breakfast. The Marker Hotel, 423. The Camden Street Hotel, which is a two star, 360 euro for the night. They're the kind of hotel prices you'll pay. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 Cork's Red FM. Okay, a selection of texts from this morning's program. I'm booked for a surgery in Lithuania myself. It's more expensive than uh, here, or indeed, sorry, it's more expensive than Turkey at 6100. Yeah, we got, that, we got that. But healthcare is excellent there, especially the private care. Please don't give out my details, but I'm one of six ladies who went to Turkey and the best decision we have all made. It totally changed all of our lives. The hospital, the nurses, the doctors, all absolutely first class. Imagine what you're saying to me is the sixth of you, six of you travelled together. Young girls are destroying their natural beauty with all these unnecessary cosmetic treatments. They will pay the price down the road when they're older. The fashionable trout pout looks absolutely hideous and fake. The fashionable trout pout. Uh, Did you know that Botox is one of the most poisonous substances known? And you're talking about it like it's completely innocent. Uh, Hi, Neil. To learn more about Dan A, um, you should check Instagram. One of them is very educational on how influencers trick the masses. Have a look and implore your listeners to show their kids this profile. It's Dan A Mercer on Instagram, D-A-N-A-E-M-E-R-C-E-R. My daughter is going to Poland next week to get a gastric sleeve and I'm very nervous now over the turkey experience. She's paying 6,000. Can anyone who went to Poland get this done? Share, please. Uh, Perhaps they might get in touch. If anybody went to Poland for gastric surgery, in this case, a gastric gastric sleeve. Mother worried about her daughter. Uh, So we've been trying to make people stop smoking for years, but we're now happy to have people inject toxins into their bodies, having to do so every three months. Uh, But it's okay, because as Neil says, it's only a small amount every time. One example of where it can all go wrong, just look at Simon Cowell. I felt he was a handsome man, and for whatever reason... He's had years of Botox and filler. He has stopped it all recently, but his face looks a bit abnormal. So much so, I can't even look at him anymore, as I feel he has ruined himself. And I find this so sad. Age gracefully, people. Another man who was divine, but went way too far and didn't look himself at all was Kenny Rogers. Uh, morning, I had bariatric surgery in February 2021. It has been life-changing. I lost eight and a half stone in seven months. I went from a size 22 to a size 8 to 10. And I'm happy with the way I look. Yes, but it's far more rewarding to have my life back. My kids have a healthy, happy mum, a more active mum. It has totally reset my attitude towards food. It broke a very unhealthy cycle. This is the bariatric surgery. I am still very much enjoying food, um, but in a new way. No regrets at all. I went to Latvia. It cost me €5,700. Unlike your other callers this morning, I did mine in secret. Only my husband and one other person actually knows. Not that I'm embarrassed, but simply couldn't be dealing with others' unwanted opinions. Morning. So interesting listening to your show this morning. I went to Turkey on the 11th of August to get a gastric sleeve. I'm so happy I got it done. I'm down six stone. The hospital told me I'd lose five stone. So I am thrilled with the results. And three more. When speaking about women and cosmetics, I'd like to add, 
I don't use cosmetics at all. I never have. I shower, I use a moisturizer, but that's it. I'm certainly not alone. Wow, you must have one of the emptiest bathrooms or bedroom lockers in the country. Uh, what is wrong growing old gracefully? I'm 82, growing up, some makeup. Now I only use moisturizer. And I have good skin. Some people don't think I look my age. But I do go to a beautician for lip and chin, eyebrows and stuff like that. Lip, chin and brows and things like that. Um, that'll be facial hair, I suppose, when you think of it. In March and April, the most downloaded app on the App Store is Be Real. It's a selfie app that can't change the image. It's taken over from Insta and Snapchat in the US. Check it out, says P. It's an app called Be Real. Keep your text coming. Text 0868104106. I see Bernie on the north side saying, What's wrong with a woman wanting to look her best? That's a very interesting question. Um, another one. I listened to a podcast last night with a Dr. Elroy Vodanji uh, from the USA who said one of the reasons that women suffer from more autoimmune disease than men is because of the cosmetics and the perfumes they constantly apply to their skin. You see the chemicals and ingredients in this. He was talking about his new book, a book called When Food Bites Back. Thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Can I stop for a while if you don't mind? Because otherwise I'll run out of time throughout the course of the morning. Just a short little story. Seamus has been doing some great work recently on the two decades, the 80s and the 90s. As we compare decades, as, as we move from one to the next and so on and so forth. I'm not going to get to actually do those this morning. I thought I might, but it'll probably be Monday now. But it's broken into the memories of the 80s and then the memories of the 90s. It's good to compare people from both decades, you know, the kind of pivotal age of in their lives when, you know, maybe they were going out socializing, you know, you know, the fashion and the music and the food of those eras. But in one of them, as a girl talks about the music and the places that they went to back in the 80s on Side, the clubs and the pubs. And he asked her, you know, the type of music she was into. And she mentioned Depeche Mode. Now, some say Depeche Mode. Others say Depeche Mode. I'm in the Depeche Mode group myself. But I was a club jock back in the 80s. So I played an awful lot of music by the likes of Depeche Mode. Musically, I think from a gig perspective, having gigged in the 70s, 80s and, uh, and some of the 90s, I think it's fair to say that the 80s were the best decade for music. Club-wise, disco-wise, and dance-wise. I just, I just think the 80s were just a humdinger of a decade for music. So it was very sad this morning to hear the news that Andy Fletcher, uh, the keyboard player with Depeche Mode, died yesterday uh, at the age of 60. And I did promise uh, a tune for Depeche Mode fans. So this is his keyboard. This is his synth. Andy Fletch Fletcher, who died yesterday at the age of 80, Depeche Mode's uh, keyboard player and vocalist, inducted into the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, only two years ago. And even listening to it now, I can see the fashion and I can see the style. I can see people on the dance floor and boy, did they dance. Listen, great weather ahead, of course, for the next two or three days. It was talking about prices for the Springsteen gig and what it always happens. I don't know why hotels do it. They behave just 
like airlines do. Uh, it's all about supply and demand, and I don't know why they do it uh, on nights when they know that it's going to be really busy, and in the case of Dublin, three gigs for Springsteen, same thing happens in Cork. They rocket up the prices. Um, we're just taking a look. You know, say, for instance, if you saw the great weather that we're going to have across the weekend, what if you decided, why don't we just go away for a couple of nights, book into a hotel? So we looked at Killarney, we looked at West Cork, and we looked at Galway. Would you believe if I told you that Claire could not find a single available room in a West Cork hotel this weekend. Yes, you can get townhouses. Yes, you can get Airbnb. Yes, you can get some guest houses. Not a single hotel has a room. They are all booked out completely. And then the disparity in prices in Killarney. I mean, it makes no sense to me. You could have one, the Killarney Park Hotel. So this is two adults for two nights. No breakfast. So it's just two nights in the hotel room. No breakfast. Two adults. The Killarney Park Hotel this weekend, 895 euro. I mean, go figure that, like. It's a grand. You gotta have a breakfast, you gotta get yourself your dinner, you gotta have a few drinks, whatever the case may be. 895 euro for the bedroom. The Killarney Royal Hotel, 728 for two nights this weekend. None of these have breakfast now. None of them have breakfast. None. I mean, I guess you can get quoted for breakfast, but. It's going to be more than 895. It's going to be more than 728. The Great Southern Hotel this weekend, 624 euro for two nights. It makes the Killarney Court Hotel sound cheap, even though it's not, at 384 euro, two nights for two adults. Above in Galway, Jury's Inn. Jury's Inn, right? Two nights in Jury's Inn in Galway this weekend, 740 euro. No breakfast. And then, for some extraordinary reason, uh, the Clayton Hotel in Galway, same city, uh, substantially less. But even at less, it's still a lot at €460. Euro. Um, now, I don't know, is it that there's a lot less available now because thousands and thousands and thousands of hotel rooms are currently being occupied by Lithuanian refugees who are here because they can't be there. Sorry, my apologies, Ukrainian refugees, because they can't be there and they need to be here. So I understand that. Uh, so is that that there's less rooms around that means that when there's less rooms and more, of course it does. Less rooms, more demand, put the prices up. Nothing at all with regards to a hotel in West Cork available this weekend. For them, it's fantastic. But for people, um, I mean, you can go to Agadir with Sunway out of Dublin next week, right? This is hotel, accommodation and transfers from the airport to the hotel in Agadir for €220 for the week. €220 for the week. But yet, if you want to book in to a Killarney hotel, you'll pay anywhere, um, say, on average, five, six, seven hundred euro and as high as eight, nine, five for two nights. Anyway, it's mind boggling. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I see some calls coming in there. We'll come back to it in a few minutes time. Will I go with the calls now or will I go with the Vox? Yeah, okay, because the Vox is from yesterday's program. Reams of text that I haven't got to yet. This all started with the prominent CNN journalist Richard Quest on a recent uh, trip to uh, Cork describing the city as tired, run down, overpriced and tatty. Well, I was in the city yesterday and uh, I got to tell you, I just don't agree with them. I think it's a work in progress. I think there are buildings empty on Patrick Street. God almighty, I wish there was businesses in them. Yes, I wish people were living over the, sea, over the city, living in all of the buildings above street level and raising families there. I'm assuming all that would happen. But yesterday, on a really lovely mild day, the city was rocking. 
It was really busy. I was all over the place. It was inside the English market. Myself and Tony Martin went in and we got um, we got mozzarella cheese. We got sun-dried tomatoes. We got the most beautiful wild garlic pesto. We got some cold meats. We went out onto the Grand Parade. We sat down on one of the little benches and we ate them. And it was a fabulous experience. The city was absolutely buzzing. So, enough of me. Richard Quest on his quest to describe Cork as tired, run down, overpriced and tatty. Well, Seamus took to the streets of Cork to check in with Corkonians, get their views on what Quest had to say. Certainly more expensive. It probably could be cleaned up. It's not kept regularly clean. I think we're very good in terms of putting in projects, but I think maintenance for the city is extremely poor. The paving here gets very broken up, and it's not a you know just a small little bit of maintenance that keep it well. Uh, dustbins here in the park are all overflowing. Uh, things like that. It, you wouldn't see it in another uh, European city. I've just actually come back from Seville. And, uh, you know, public parks like this are beautiful in Seville. They're kept clean. The uh, paving is good. It's washed. Uh, it's brushed. Uh, we're not getting that in Cork. We really need it. We have a beautiful, you know, we have a potentially beautiful city here, but we're not keeping it. The upkeep is terrible. Burly old town. <laughs> We've just got some lovely, colourful, yummy food, yeah. lovely atmosphere um, and friendly people around, so yeah. I don't see it as drab at all. Yeah. What about the buildings? I know there's certain areas of the city have issues. We've had parts of buildings falling off in the past. Well, I think I think a, a big thing that's happened is a lot of the historical buildings have been like taken down, like what happened with the Sextant and the Camden Palace and things. That doesn't help when you take away some beautiful old historic buildings but um and then there's some that aren't so architecturally nice that you could you could spruce up a bit well i think it's like any city like there's run down bits and there's yeah. not you know but you have to see you know to the yeah. people exactly. instead that's it really i like it so far so and how does it compare to other cities that you visited good i mean first impressions are good yeah i wouldn't say it's run down but it definitely can be overpriced in certain areas yeah like like oh, these are yeah. 490 well mine was 490 it's For an iced mocha six ounce coffee yeah <laughs> It's definitely expensive because uh, I'm from Chile myself and whenever I go back everything's way cheaper but uh, I don't know it's definitely a good vibe up here yeah. but like even the state of the, the like the buildings he was saying looked ru- run down and it was kind of a bit dingy we could do a bit to the buildings in certain areas yeah there are, I'm doing architecture so I see a lot of different buildings around the city and there are definitely certain places that could do with improvement but it's not too bad it could be worse <laughs> I think we're working on the city. I think we're doing lovely things to it, to be honest. So, tatty, mm, maybe a little bit. Well, I love the pedestrianisation. And um, I love what they're going to do over by the, uh, the old brewery. And they're going to open it up. They have great plans for the city, especially for the, you know, walking, cycling. They could do a lot more with the cycling. Uh, we are Monaghan people and our daughter is down here for the last six or seven years so I find it a gorgeous city really unique little 
coffee shops and restaurants and uh, you know obviously still family run businesses and that sort of thing it could do with a lick of paint every in the odd spot but apart from that it's got huge character doesn't it and how does it compare to Monaghan? <laughs> well, for most Irish people who can't even find Monaghan on a map, never mind find their way to it. <laughs> is Monaghan has equally as much charm. It's not the crack city of old. I'm not that old myself, but I could do it doing up some places. I know with the pandemic and everything, businesses have closed. I think it's lost its charm, crack city, to be honest. There's a building down there on Patrick Street. It was a hotel, was the name of the hotel? The Victoria Hotel. Yeah. They completely got it the front of the... Did you see it at all? I did, I did. It's beautiful, isn't it? They took the plaster off it and... That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, the limestones. Yes, yeah. So, like, the thing is, there could be a lot of more buildings like that, hidden, you know? Yeah. Which should be exposed, like, you know? I would just say, uh, it, it is, looks like, um, very, very charming. But as a look, it uh, needs to be updated. Some parts just uh, don't look good. I'm visiting for today, and I'm kind of a bit shocked, because I used to love to come to Cork, but I haven't been since since the pandemic and there's no shops there's there's everybody I don't know the place is just dull looking or something I don't know what it is about it but I was disappointed were you? yeah I was yeah the place is tired I've been here 20 years before and it looks like there's more uh, building coming into the into the city centre here so it looks like a it looks like it's a little more active and vibrant than I than I recall. So, uh, as far as it might have been some of, some of the time of year, I came in the in the fall okay. last time, and now it's spring. Uh, everybody's out and about. But like this is a joy to see. But you came from Patrick Street now, and we're down on Paul Street. Correct. Um, so, like, do you think the the place needs a bit of a facelift? Uh, Maybe it's a little extreme. No, that sounds. Like, it sounds like he, he took it probably. He may have overstepped the mark, right? Uh, <laughs> by a little bit there. What I like is the, the sort of right now. I'm looking at uh, an older building here, right? It's a gorgeous uh, edifice here. So I mean, it takes a lot to sort of mix, mix the old with the new. Sometimes I would disagree with the uh, the tenor of the remark, the tone. I think it sounds a little little extreme. Well, I mean, like. Cork can be a bit overpriced and it can be a bit boring, but I mean, like, there's nothing better than just the atmosphere in Cork, you know? Like, you, you can't pay, you can't put a price on that. I mean, like, literally, like, the nightlife, it, it, it leaves a lot to desire, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's the atmosphere that's going, like, you know what I mean? Like, and what about the buildings? Because, like, he, the, do, could the buildings do with a bit of a facelift? Is he right in that regard? I mean, the, the buildings do look a bit run down around the city, but I mean... Whereas in England now, when they have all the brick architecture, it, it, it looks a bit better because they hold up. But all it, all it could do is a lick of paint, like, you know, you, you get away with, like, just topping it up. Like, all it takes is just literally the smallest bit of effort, a bit of, put a bit of investment into the city. On the banks of my large well done Sean O'Shea by and large very positive isn't it true I mean you know work in progress more needs to be done when the sun is shining over the next two or three days the city will be absolutely beautiful if you're around take the open top bus that would be a great experience in the great sunny weather now all of the Springsteen gigs are sold out three concerts in Dublin all sold out plays the 5th 7th and 9th two went on sale this morning a third night quickly added and all have now been sold out does that mean that in the next day or two Aiken will announce a fourth 
Will they announce one on Lee's side? Who knows? We don't need Bruce Springsteen. We got Aslan coming to town. Christy Dignam and Aslan, 40 years in the making. And Christy joins me by phone for a quick chat. Christy, good morning. How you doing, Al? I'm great. More to the point, how have you been? I'm grand. Can I just say something there about Cork? I was listening to what people are saying about Cork, yeah? Yeah. So, I've played every little town, every little village in Ireland over the last 40 years, right? Yeah. I've said it a thousand times. Cork is my favourite place to go in the whole of Ireland, right? And some, a lot of towns and cities in Ireland, it's like you had the same architect or something, and it could be in any way. It could be in, you know, ten different cities. Cork has its own identity. It's, it's unique to you, isn't it? But actually, it's fair to say because I remember back in the eighties when Aslan were doing their things. Cork was very good to you, big following, lots of fans. Well, here I'll tell you a story. Uh, now, when we started off, our first single was "This Is," right? Yeah. So this is that was picking up a lot of airplay on the 2FM and stuff at the time. Yeah. But as an individual, you don't realise your profile is starting to gain momentum, right? Yeah. So we didn't kind of, we, we weren't uh, realising the impact of it. But at the time, you used to, uh, Ian Wilson and Dave Fanning used to do a gig called Lark by the League. That's right. Down, down in Cork. So it was our first gig outside of Dublin, about 15,000 people at the gig. And when we started playing this is, the crowd started singing it back to us. And it was the first time it had ever happened to us. And I, I, you know, you walk out of a shop on a windy day, and it kind of catches your breath. It was, it was one of those moments. And ever since then, Cork has always held a special place. So when Crazy always. World came along in '93, uh, that was a mind blower. Did you know that it was going to be so big? No, I tell you, I tell you a story about that, right? So that was off an album called Goodbye Charlie Moonhead, right? And there was three singles on the album: those Crazy World, Rain Man, and Where's the Sun. So ideally, what you do is, for marketing strategy, you release your worst single first, and that might go top 20, <laughs> your second best, and then your best single last, right? So we put Crazy World Out first as the worst of the three singles. <laughs> so it was a massive hit, as you know. So I was saying to myself, well, if you think Crazy World is good, why don't you hear the next two? Have you ever heard the next two? No. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go for all the years I'm in the business I'm still having a clue how I often wonder when somebody sits down to write a song and it's finished and perfected do they know like I, like, I know you were influ- you, you were hugely influenced by Bowie for instance I think Life on Mars yeah. was one did Bowie know when he wrote Life on Mars do you know what I mean uh, yeah well I'll tell you and um, when we wrote this is so this is our fourth single and when we were kind of going people were saying if you want to get to the next level you just have to release a single you should release this song and this. And I always knew we hadn't written the four single yet. But when we wrote this is, I knew that it was a good song. And the rest is history, as they say. You know, when you write a yeah. lyric like, how can I protect you in this crazy world? Now, this written maybe 30, yeah. 35 years ago. Is it a better, I mean, how do you see Ireland now in 22, 2022, as opposed to 1982, for instance, when you started? It's, you know, I think it's getting worse, to be honest with you. Know. I can tell you a quick story, right? So when I was a kid, this woman across the road went to New York on a holiday. Now I'm talking about 40 years ago, right? Yeah. But when she came back, she was, all the women were kind of around the door, my mother and all these local elders. And this woman was talking about what, what it was like in New York. And she said, there's these people over there, they're called homeless. 
and they'd be lying in the streets asleep and people just walk by them, don't even try and help them. In New York. And we've never yeah. been appalled by that concept. Yeah. And here we are, 40 years later, and it's happening in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, so uh, and, and, and while, while it's not exclusively heroin, that's playing a big role. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, and I, I think, first of all, there's not a lot of... Um, there's not enough help and for, for recovering addicts, I think, in Ireland. There's not enough uh, finance gone into it. And there was a great project he did in Portugal where the Prime Minister got in and he, he decriminalised all drugs, right? So all the money that he saved on the police and the judicial system and the prison service, all of that money he put into little micro-loans and gave them to recovering addicts. So you would think with the, with the decriminalisation of the drugs that the thing with that drug addiction would go through the roof in Portugal. It, it has by 50%. I've heard that before. We talk a lot so, here, but we're not great in action. I mean, also, no. you look at the 80s, right? Say 82, 84, yeah. 86, you were, you were carving your path. Much easier to get a home back then by comparison to now. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, you know what? It's funny you should say that. Because I was only reading the thing in the paper the other day that to, to, to get a, a first-time buyer's home, he'd want to be earning about 77 grand a year. Mm. And I just remember saying to my wife, if we were just married now as a young couple, we'd never, we couldn't afford a house. Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, did I read somewhere recently that you said only God will retire you? What are you? I mean, it was your birthday. Christ, it was only your birthday earlier this week, was it? Yeah, it was my birthday on, on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So still going. Yeah. How's the health holding up for you, Christy? Listen, it's grand. I mean, once I get get me foot on the floor, it's a good day now. So I, when well, I got diagnosed in t- 2013 and uh, St. Patrick's Day, and when they were letting me out of hospital, the doctor said to me, if you have anything on your bucket list, I suggest you do it now. You've about six months tops, and that was nine years ago. God. So that's what I meant by that only got out of time. Yeah. Because... The point I was making was during the pandemic when we went to the old gig and stuff, I was going mental at home and like really I'm, I'm not I'm not exaggerating that. It's literally you know, it's going off my head, not being able to sing, you know. I know. Do you look at life differently now, one day at a time or what? Absolutely, you know, it's 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 really ironic, you know. You know my history with drugs and stuff like that. So for years I was running around like a headless chicken, wondering what life was all about. And when I got diagnosed with cancer, the only thing that was important to me was my family. Like it didn't matter, Aslan didn't matter, the house I lived in, the, the car I drove didn't matter. I just wanted to see my grandson's communion and my granddaughter's confirmation. You know, little, little events in there. I like, know, yeah. And I remember thinking, for years I was looking for the meaning of life and there it was in front of me all the time. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And, and how, I are all, how are the rest of the, how's Joe, how's my old pal Billy McGuinness, how's Alan, all Billy well? Billy's still, Billy's still dancing around the place. It's <laughs> not right. Everybody's cool, you know. We're just happy, you know, to be still gigging. And, what, what, you know, this gig you were talking about, the one that the, the one on Cork on uh, June weekend, we're dying to go down and do that. Uh, but we did the a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, and it was brilliant. As I said, we just love playing Cork. Can't wait to see yeah. you, my man. Can't, Can't wait to see you. Saturday, no, June the 4th. Listen, I'm out of time, but I thought I might have a bit of uh, This Is, just for uh, just to reminisce sure. a bit. What do you think? Still my favourite song. <laughs> Christy, look after yourself. Great talking to you all. Cheers, my man. Take care. These are the hands of a tired man. This is the old man's road. 
Aslan 40th anniversary tour and they play Cork's Big Top Rock and St. Finbar's GA Club on the 4th of June and then on the 5th the uh, traditional Irish folk singer Dan McCabe get dialing now those tickets are available two sets for each text uh, pick up the phone I should say 0818 104 106 callers 9, 10, 11 and 12 last bunch of shout outs free food Friday courtesy of ourselves and roosters Piri Piri Kevin McAllen buildings are listening in the endoscopy unit at the Matter Private Twilight News Patrick Street Paul Street and the bus station Irish Oxygen uh, are listening so is transport uh, in Ballyvalan the B shift at Dupuy South Infirmary are also listening morning Brendan to all of the staff at Capello Hair Salon the Weight Wellbeing Clinic in Mallow Skull Bernadette Special School Munster Garden Sheds Merview Laboratories everybody at Power Aggregates Irish Removers in Bishopstown Mulrock on Heartlands Avenue always listening Feelings Pharmacy in Blackrock are always listening Easy Living Interiors Interiors RK Car Valenting in the Marina Sports Matters HQ on McCurtain Street up there in the VQ Quarter Dairy Gold Mogili Zoo Cars in Little Island and everybody at Hurley Welding and Engineering in Glanmar we'll pick a winner after the break The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818 104 106 Thanks Claire. we got a free food Friday winner for this week Twilight News Patrick Street Paul Street and the bus station I love it when somebody's been texting and texting and texting and eventually wins so free food Friday winners courtesy of ourselves Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park Twilight News Patrick Street Paul Street and the bus station you'll be splitting the food amongst three different shops keep on texting eventually sooner or later we'll get around to you I promise you that um, in other news this morning final bit of business I didn't do complete and utter justice to all of the texts on how beautiful are indeed whether you believe Cork is tatty and tired and I will come back to that on Monday but big match tomorrow Liverpool Champions League Real Madrid lots happening kick off at 8 o'clock and if you're heading out to watch it imagine many people will want to try and find uh, a Liverpool supporters pub one of the best we've seen is the Rock Bar in Cloyne and they get the last word this morning good morning to Kerry morning morning Photographs are fantastic. It really is. Is are you? You're you're always a Liverpool pub, are you? No. Hello. No, not happening. Anyway, I can just tell you myself. Anyway, it looks beautiful inside now. They got the most fantastic, enormous beer garden that's completely and utterly done. And you know something? For a match like that tomorrow, with the weather we're going to have tomorrow. The outdoors is the place to be if you're going to a local pub. You'll never walk alone. Um, good luck to Liverpool against uh, Real Madrid tomorrow night in Paris. Unfortunately, uh, not happening phone-wise. Our lines will stay open. You can get involved in the conversation. We'll pick it up on Monday. Text 0868104106. You can email neil at redfm.ie. Um, if you've got a story to share, email is a good way to go. But most importantly, really and truly enjoy every day of the weekend. The weather's going to be fabulous. Stay safe and enjoy. See you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.